This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff, takes to his right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Nathan cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the going on faithfuls it's your boy mike and your boy tony from the nothing benign's crew and we're here to bring you guys another fun-filled episode man tony i think this is going to be a fun one at least i hope it is we might start out yelling and screaming at first but i think we're going to round the corner and uh and finish strong here man how you doing tonight bro before i get into all the formalities and whatnot man let me let me talk to my guy man tony last time i talked to you bro i heard your voice and you didn't sound too good uh (laughs) but i'm happy to see you over here you got a smile on your face man how you feeling big dog I'm all right. I'm hanging in there a little under the weather. Um, you know, I'm just getting through it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, man. You know, we got a lot to talk about. The Niners are making some roster moves. The Niners are working people out and all that stuff. We're going to break all that stuff down. You know, to give me a thumbs up when you're ready down here, bro. And uh, we're going to we're going to rock this show, man. It's going to be a fun one here. Wayne, how are you doing, my man? I see you over there, man. The hardest working guy in the industry, y'all. What's going on, big dog? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm actually starting to feel uh I'm starting to accept everything that's going down right now. You know, it's just it's just what it is. But uh, you know, personally, I'm doing really good. The family's well, and it's good to be here, man. What's going on, Tony? You look like you're feeling better, bro. That's what you like. a little bit. All right, that's what I like to hear. Mike, I hope you're doing well, well as well. Yeah, no, man. I, I have no complaints. Uh, I went upstairs to kiss my daughter goodnight. She elbowed me in my lip. I thought she was sleeping. She was laying like this, right? And I, I bent all the way down to her bed. And when I went to go give her a kiss, she was like, ah, and she bang right in my lip. So I got a little bit of swelling. I don't know if y'all can see it or not. I, I see it starting to puff up, bro. Yeah. So she got me good. And she was like, daddy, I'm so sorry. I was like, baby girl, I've been in fights before. Like, this, you got to hit me harder than that to hurt me. But I, was like, I, de- I definitely felt it, though. I felt it. I was like, so remember that. You know, that elbow is a, is a hard point. You got to use that later on. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but yeah, man, I'm doing good, man. I got no complaints. I'm happy to be back home. I uh, had a good time out in Cali. Saw a lot of really, really good people. Uh-oh, we lost we lost Wayne. I'm sure he'll be back. So let me put it back to the screen. Uh, saw a lot of really good people when I was out in Cali, man. I didn't get to take pictures with everybody like I wanted to. Uh, but, you know. It is what it is, man. You know, um, good people, they know how I feel about them. You know what I mean? Whether we got pictures together or not, uh, they know how I feel about them. Some people I was looking for, I couldn't get in touch with. Uh, and hopefully they're doing well as well. 
Um, but let's run through these formalities really quick, and then we're going to bring you guys the heat because we got a lot to discuss tonight. So uh, first and foremost, guys, if this is your first time here on the YouTube page, we hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, give us that nice thumbs up, okay? Uh, the thumbs up is going to help other people find, you, find us, okay? Uh, people with good taste just like you. All right, so give us a thumbs up. That's going to help them find us. You're going to be recommending our videos to the people who trust your taste. All right, subscribe to the channel if you enjoy it as well. All right, then after you subscribe, please turn on your notifications. We bring you guys impromptu shows, and so those notifications are a must have. All right, if you want to watch the shows live, you're going to need those notifications to be turned on. Shout out to the 120 plus people that are in here already. Those people have notifications set. And that's how you can tell. All right. Uh, give us a follow on some of our social media pages. We have Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but nine ERS. Again, those handles are nothing but nine ERS. And then we have uh, Facebook and Twitch. Those handles are nothing but Niners. Notice I left off Instagram. All right. So here's our big announcement here, guys. Oh, yeah. The 49ers, the nothing but Niners page got blocked. All it right. Got we got hacked. Well, we got hacked. We got hacked. Okay, that's so, a big difference, man. That's a big difference. And th there was no recovering. Whoever it is got in there. They changed the email. I got the notification. I tried to say that's not me real quick, but they had already changed the recovery phone number and everything. So they got in there. They knew exactly what they were doing. And so if you guys oh, see us professional, trying to, professional, bro. Yeah, we, we didn't uh, make $1,000 deposit and get $10,000 back or whatever they're saying that we did. That is not us, guys. So uh, the new IG account is nothing but nine ers all right so that's the new ig account if you guys don't know get on over there follow us we're just building it up if you want to know what's us go and look the very first picture is going to be the nothing but niners it's logo nine. oh, okay. all right so that's the logo there's a, there's a couple of other pictures there already we're going to start trying to build this thing back up it sucks we were you know a couple thousand strong over there on ig but you know things happen and you know there's nothing we can do about it you know sometimes they just get they get us you know what i mean uh, and that that comes with us trying to be interactive with all of our our followers, right? People change their background, they start talking to us, uh, and I'm assuming that a, a a link was clicked or something like that, and that's what. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? <laughs> Let's go. I'm gonna run. That's what I'm gonna do. But uh, they're not coming for me this time, so we good. So you guys, make sure you get on over there to the new. Uh, nothing but Niners IG page is nothing but nine ERS, much like the Twitter handle is. So make sure you guys get on over there and give us a follow, okay? Um, I we, followed the other one too. I just followed. Yeah, well, it, they changed the name already. It's not even nothing but Niners, so uh, it's hidden in your following list. It's going to be really hard to find. Oh, I don't know. Nah, yeah, they, what's it called? Hold on, let me let me go full screen on Wayne real quick. Hold on, let me take this uh, let me take this thing off real quick so I can see you. Give it's me a second. Because my camera only focuses in on my face, but it's, it's oh, it's still oh, the name is still nothing but Niners. But you see, they changed the name at the top to nothing What's underscore G, but underscore Niners. Yeah, they changed some phony. Yeah, you guys, unfollow that. Yeah, damn, damn, take that close friend bull crap off. Report and report it. Report it. Report it as spam. And we reporting it as spam, baby, baby. It's called nothing. Underscore G, but underscore Niners. Now That's they move the underscores, and so make sure you guys go ahead and delete that. Uh, report them as spam, please. Get that joint shut down. I don't want anybody. And we had some really, really good DMs going on over there. So uh, some some business partners and, and stuff like that. So uh, it is what it is. But you know, uh, can't keep a good dog down. Much like we lost our uh, YouTube page for a week. Uh, you know, we here now. So 
Y'all make sure y'all go do us a solid and report them bad boys. NY is in the building, man. My man alerted me as soon as it started going down. NY, what's going on, big dog? Did I say the new name right? NY yeah. is nothing but nine ERS. Yeah, I believe yeah, that's I just, the new. I just followed it. Okay, my man, my man. So, yeah, we're starting up over there, guys. So make sure you guys get on over there and give us a follow, okay? Um, we also have a couple of other things we want you guys to check us out on. Uh, we have the Patreon, all right? Now, I was sitting around getting antsy for tonight's show. I'm not going to lie to you, brothers, man. I just banged out a 40-minute episode over there, uh, just dolo. I just went over there and just got some stuff off of my chest. And I got a feeling some of it's going to come up here tonight. Uh, but we'll see how the, how, the, how the flow of the show goes. We'll see what comes up. But head on over to patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Give us a follow. Subscribe. There's all a whole bunch of different tiers. Choose whatever tier you want. Uh, we do live watch parties and everything. We have a better game experience coming to you guys. We kind of owe you guys an apology. The last two weeks have been a little rough. Uh, NFL was hating on us, but again, you can't keep a good dog down. And uh, we are back. We are back over there. We have found ways around the madness. So head on over to patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Chris streams, uh, high definition streams coming for the games and everything. So make sure you guys are there. That is the place to be. If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for the show, you can shoot us an email. This has not been hacked, thank God. It is NB9ERS at nothing but Niners.com. Calm, all right. I am a guy 40. Oh, damn, I am a guy Mike Andrews 83. To my right is my guy, he is Wayne Breezy, and below both of us is Tony. He is NJ Niner fan 499 on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. You got like an ear infection or something? Like you got your ear covered up over there. Like, you all right? No, I just got the chills. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cool, cool. I just wanted to make sure, man. So let's start with the latest the latest news and everything concerning the 49ers, guys, before we uh get into the opinionated section of the show, all right? We got a lot of stuff to go over. The Niners are signing guys to the 53. They're signing guys to the practice squad. They're working out 40,000 people. So let's start with the person getting bumped up to the 53, and that's going to be 49ers running back Marlon Mack, all right? According to Adam Schefter here, uh, 49ers are signing veteran running back Marlon Mack to their active roster from their practice squad. He gets a bump up. That's per his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, and NFL record. 49ers are without injured running backs, Elijah Mitchell and Ty, Tyrion Davis-Price. I was going to say Ty Davis-Price, but wanted to read it properly. Uh, guys, let's start here. Um, this is going to be interesting because I personally was not upset with what I saw from Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, what we saw from Jeff, let's talk about this. Was this a product of Seattle having a bad run defense? Or was this good run blocking and, and Jeff Wilson Jr. doing what he's supposed to do? A combination of both, or was there something else going on? Uh, let's start with Tony first, then we'll go with Wayne and get his opinion on it all. I, I don't know how to take it because if you look, Pete Carroll actually made a change to his defensive front. They came out with a 3-4 look. Uh, so Brendel had a guy head up on him majority of the time or shaded inside or outside of his uh, uh, A-gaps. Um, <clears throat> it, it was definitely a test for the interior offensive line. I think they did well. Um. As far as where they rank defensively, I don't know. I haven't been checking on stuff like that, but I think Jeff Wilson did good. But the problem is I don't think any of these backs could be a cowbell and lead the team in carries and be the guy. I think they do need this rotation, and that's why Kyle's doing it. Um, you know, it's positive because I really do like the positive part about it is I like how the interior played, meaning Brendel, Banks, and Burford. 
in the run game with a guy shaded head up on Rendell or in the gaps between the two guards. So it's very positive. I do think the the bully back or the more physical back will be Mason. Uh, hopefully he'll get some him, some run on Sunday night, but uh, I expect to see all three. All right, Breezy, man, your thoughts on it, man. Um, how do you think Jeff Wilson did? Uh, his success is it on him and his uh his 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 own merit? Is it the offensive line? Is it a combination of it? Was it the Pete Carroll scheme? You know, uh, they did allow over five yards of carry in Week One against um, the Broncos, who we play this upcoming week. Um, maybe it's just we played a bad run defense. What do you think? Or maybe just the running backs are, are that good. You know, I mean, if you look at the Denver Broncos, they have uh, Javante Williams and they have Melvin Gordon. Those are hard running backs. Those are guys. I mean, granted, they also fumbled the ball, too. Right. So you could probably test to say that our running backs are even better since we could hold on to the damn ball. But um, Tony said some things that were interesting. I kind of want to uh, I want to agree, but I kind of respectfully disagree because I think uh, I do agree with the fact that Jeff Wilson uh, is probably not the bell cow and i get it but i think he can handle the load i mean just a couple of more carries and a couple of more yards you'd had 100 yards so he was what 14 15 yards away from being a 100 yard carrier yeah. with 18 carries i mean i don't see what's the problem giving him 20 23 24 plus you know carries per game as long as you're spelling them right and i think you know jeff wilson jr might not be the most explosive back but in this game he was very explosive. He was hitting the hole hard. He was he was getting to that dark place that def, that Jeff Wilson that we kind of saw before the uh, the injury. Um, you know, and so I do agree with you though, Tony. I do think there's it's still going to be a running back by committee, but I think you rock with Jeff Wilson Jr. until he can't do it. Like you know what I'm saying. And so do do I want to see Jordan Mason? Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see what the young kid can do. I think the reason why we don't see him has something to do with maybe pass protection and things like that. And now you're putting the Jimmy Garoppolo back there and who's a little bit more fragile than a guy like uh, Trey Lance. So I don't know what we're going to see, but we definitely need to use these running backs by committee, Tony. So I agree with you on that. But I do think Jeff Wilson can be a 100-yard rusher, and he's better when he starts. I'm sorry. When he doesn't start, he sucks. When he starts, he's in the dark place. So – that might be something you want to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I like what I saw from Jeff Wilson Jr. He finished the game averaging over four yards a carry, and that's what you want to see from any guy that's going to be your starter. Um, and that factors in some of the, you know, short yardage plays and things like that, that, you know, they only blocked up for two or three yards. Uh, so all that factors into it, and he still had a pretty good game, had some big runs. Uh, and again, you know, if we're, if we're judging these guys based off of what we saw Raheem Mostert doing and getting the, you know, getting through the first line and, and just busting up the middle for 60 plus yards. Those days are long gone. I don't think there's a back on this team, including Marlon Mack. That's capable of doing that now. Uh, Not even um, Elijah Mitchell was capable no. of doing that. Like they just don't no. have the same speed. Right. Right. They don't have that, that, that last gear that, uh, that he had, you know, Brita, Brita had it. And uh, so did, um, so did Raheem Mostert, but these guys are built a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? So, but in a good way, it's okay. We we need consistency. You know, I would rather have a guy that can consistently get us four or five yards to carry as opposed to a guy who's going to get one here, one there, one here, one there, and then nothing. So, I mean, and then a big one. So uh, I'd rather, I'd rather have it the other way around, some consistency there. Um, you know, so Marlon Mack is being added to the fray. 
let me ask you guys this question. I didn't ask this uh, there, and I thought maybe you guys would say it. But do you think he leapfrogs Jordan Mason on the depth chart? Not forget the depth chart because the depth chart is irrelevant, right? right? Does he get who? Who's the first guy to come in and get carries after Jeff Wilson Jr.? I, I mean, I think it's Marlon Mack. Um, I, I think they go with the the veteran guy, the guy that's going to be better in pass protection, the guy that you know can play in his game. As far as far as his, what's, what is he going to do when he gets in? I mean, we won't know, but. It looked like he had that burst when he played against us in the preseason game. So uh, this might be a really good pickup for the 49ers um, and you utilize him. I, or, like, I see it two ways. I feel like Mar- that's the way it's going to go, but the way I would do it would be a little different. I think I would have uh, Jordan Mason spell uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. And then I would have Marlon Mack as my third down guy. I, I think that's kind of like the way I would go about like running these backs by committee. Because then you get a pass catching back. You can catch out of the backfield. He's great in pass protection. Uh, and so that's how I would do it. Tony, do you see it a little bit different? Or what's your view on that? I truly don't know what he's going to do. I, I really don't. I try. I give up on trying to figure out what his – how he thinks. And I definitely thought Jordan Mason would have got some carries. Like he got nothing. Nothing. Like, I was just shocked by that. But – um I do expect Wilson will be the lead. And then if I had a guess with a gun to my head, I think he goes with the, with the experience with, with uh, Mac um, as the number two guy. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think this team is – well, we'll get into that later. But I, I think it will go with the experience with Mac. Interesting. I am looking for us to develop, guys. I'm always going to cheer for the homegrown talent, not the – free agents not that there's anything wrong with free agents and and guys like that right let me be very clear what i'm saying jordan mason can absolutely i mean jordan mason um uh, marlon mack can absolutely have a role in this offense so let me be clear with what i'm saying but i would prefer the first guy off the bench to be jordan mason i want to see what this guy can do um you know i want to see if he's a good pass catcher i want to see if he can learn to block right these guys are only going to get in there it's trial by fire at this point right uh the season's here they had all offseason to do it and we saw some of it in, in preseason, but it wasn't enough to, you know, get him higher than where he is. Um, but he did make the 53, and that is a, a plus for him, right? Uh, so much so that we were comfortable enough moving on from a third-round pick in Trey Sermon before we moved on from him. So uh, I feel like they saw something there. I'm ready to see what it looks like. I'll be honest with you guys. I picked him up as the last guy on my fantasy team, Um once I heard about the high ankle sprain for Ty Davis price. Now I went back and watched this game and I didn't see when price got injured. Did you guys happen to catch it on the watch or the rewatch at all? I, I didn't see it at all. And it, it's weird. Um, you would think that you would notice a high ankle sprain. I know when people get those, sometimes they think something broke or they pulled something. So they usually kind of, you know, they get off the sideline, they're limping and things like that. I didn't see Price doing that. So, wh- when when did th- when did this happen? Because he was he was going hard. We were I was last time I saw him carry the ball. I think it was about two fifteen left in the fourth quarter. He was still out there carrying a rock. So wh- what? When did this happen? I'm not sure when it happened. I'm not saying that it didn't happen too, because I mean running backs are different than like quarterbacks, and they get their ankles taped totally different. He could have got that ankle taped up so tight. 
he couldn't move his ankle to where you know he was able to stay in the game there's so many things that could have happened to why he continued to play because when we hear high ankle sprain we immediately think they're going to end up like the jimmy garoppolo's or the george kittles of the football game right like they're gonna they're gonna have to go out and so i don't know maybe he's just a younger kid that can deal with the severity of pain uh but you know and then after you take off the tape and you take off your tight ass cleats here comes the swelling and so maybe that's what ended up happening but to, uh, to answer your question bro i did not see him get hurt like he was playing does he play the whole game Yeah, he was out there the whole time. So I, I never I never really saw when it happened. Um, and there's an interesting comment in the chat, and this makes me want to ask you guys this next question. Did we overlook somebody for running back two? Is it Debo? Is Debo running back two before Mason or Mac? I don't think he's considered running back two. I think he's more of like situational. Um, he's going to be on the field no matter what. It's where Kyle motions him and where he aligns. I don't think he's designated as running back two, uh, nor do I think if – Wilson goes down, he becomes the full-time back. I just think he's a situational running back pending the alignment, pending the formation and a play call. Yeah, I hate to say it. I agree with, you know, I agree with Tony. It, Debo will never be a running back <laughs> um, because his position says wide receiver. So let's just make that clear. Now, Kyle Shanahan likes to line up in 11 personnel, like 98% of the game. Like, rarely do you see 12. Rarely do you see 21. Like, it's usually 11. And Debo's not always in the backfield and 11 personnel. They kind of rotate him. In this particular game, I saw Ray Ray McLeod in the backfield. I saw Debo Samuel in the backfield. So it depends, like, how they choose to use him. But I think it's all for delusion and things like that. I mean, you don't want Debo back there all the time because usually when he's back there, he's going to get the ball and the teams are going to know, know on it. So I see Kyle even evolve, evolving and how he's taking Debo, starting him in the backfield, motioning him out. Here comes another wide receiver to the backfield. You just kind of don't know what they're going to do. Is it going to be a run? Is it going to be a pass? You have no idea, uh, but I don't classify like Tony Debo as running back too. He's just a special effing weapon. Like, like he's just a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I see 49ers hive in the chat. What's going on? What's going um, on? Some people over there. Um, you know, it's interesting, Wayne, you said that, and we were looking for the evolution of Kyle Shanahan, looking for the evolution of Debo, the wide back, right? And you, you said it just then. There was a. There, I, th I think I saw it twice. It could probably happen more because I was there. So you know, looking at the formations and all that stuff wasn't one hundred percent my focus. But um, you said it yourself. He lined up in the backfield and then split back out wide. So he, he they line him up in the backfield. You see the linebackers come forward a little bit. They think, okay, it's Debo time. And then he jets back out there. And then there's another motion coming from the opposite side. And there's someone else back there. Uh, they even did it with Juice once or twice. So I kind of like seeing that as well. Uh, good, good observation by you there, um, and we'll we'll see what happens, man. Kyle is growing, he is evolving, um, and that is a positive thing. We're going to get to the evolution of Kyle Shanahan soon uh, later on in the show, but let's keep going with the latest 49ers uh, rumors. We're talking about people uh, getting elevated to the 53. Some people now there's a spot open on the practice squad. So what do the Niners do? Mike Garofolo breaks it down here. He says the 49ers are signing veteran quarterback Kurt Binkert to their practice squad, sources say. Former Falcons and Packers quarterback finds a new home following today's workout. Uh, so they brought this guy in not once but twice for workouts, and uh seems like he's here. Now, he's only on the practice squad, so he's not quarterback two. He's not the backup right now. Um, 
do you guys think he ends up dressing on game day? Let's start there. Because we don't know anything. I, well, let me not say we. Maybe you guys have a little bit more information on him. I don't know shit about this guy. So let me be very clear here. All right? I don't know anything about him. I can't tell you if he's good, if he's bad, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, or any of that. I, I have no kind of breakdown on this guy at all. I can't tell you even what college he came from. I didn't even look up his Wikipedia page. Thank you. So, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I don't know. Let me, let me he went to Virginia. Thank you. There you go. So what are you guys' thoughts on uh, on on this acquisition here? And is this just a holdover, right? Um, I heard on KMBR, I believe it was Matt Burroughs, saying that there's a rule in the NFL where if you're playing a team that upcoming week, you can't sign anybody off of their practice squad. And the right. reason that's important is because Josh Johnson, who has been with the Niners for, I think, three of our years here with Kyle, he's been off and on this roster for three different years, uh, so he knows the system. He knows what Kyle likes to do. He would probably be probably be more of a suitable backup or veteran presence in the room. Uh, he is on the Broncos practice squad right now. So even if we wanted to sign him, we can't do it until after the game is over. Um, is that something that maybe we should keep an eye out on? Or do you think that the Niners had this guy? They worked him out twice and they said, you know what? This is the guy going forward. Let's go with Tony first here. I think that's the case, especially coming back the second time. I think he stays on the practice squad. Um, I think they stick with Garoppolo, Garoppolo and Purdy on, the, on game days. Um, but at least he's there. The reason why I think they kind of went for him, uh, he does have a live arm. The question is a little consistent with ball placement. Um, and uh, he came from the Green Bay system. So he has basically the terminology down at least and, and the – the basics of the Shanahan offense already that he knew being in Green Bay and now with San Francisco. So I think they went with him for those reasons. All right, Wayne, what are your thoughts on him, man? Yeah, this is a guy that they brought in for a workout about a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or something like that, and they didn't necessarily need to sign him, and now they need a quarterback. Trey Lance is out. They need to bring in somebody for the practice squad. They, quarterback one is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Quarterback two right now is going to be Brock Purdy, uh, and he's going to be the guy that's going to be the scout quarterback probably or, or just a practice squad quarterback. Maybe Brock Purdy's still the scout quarterback. So we'll see. Um I don't think, as far as Josh Johnson is concerned, because you mentioned that, I do not put it past Kyle Shanahan trying to get him back. And if Josh Johnson can be signed off of Denver's practice squad, you might see Ken Bink hurt, uh, relieved from his services, and bring Josh Johnson back in. But it's it's a practice squad spot, guys. So it's not like it's, not, it's nothing detrimental unless unless Jimmy Garoppolo and happens to go down, and now you need, you know what I'm saying. That's that's when this position will become detrimental. That's going to be a discussion later on in the episode. I promise you guys we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and his durability or lack thereof and uh, what it's going to mean for the team later on. But we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, all right? Uh, let's continue with some of the other news. The 49ers worked out a bunch of people here. We have a graphic. Uh, I apologize if it's blurry. Uh, but here we go. These This is a list of people and players that the 49ers worked out and where they're from. So Kurt Binkert is at the top of the list there um, at the quarterback position. Derek Deese, uh, Garrett Gilbert, tight end. I'm sorry, Derek Deese, the tight end. Garrett Gilbert, another quarterback. Mike Glennon, NFL veteran there, another quarterback. Uh, wide receiver, somebody I had a draft crush on. I believe he went to Washington. 
Um, I believe that's where he ended up going to. Uh, another 6'3", something wide receiver over there, Rashawn Henry, uh, another quarterback, Kevin Hogan. So that's two quarterbacks. That, I'm sorry, that's four quarterbacks on this list so far, uh, two wide receivers and a tight end. And then another wide receiver here in John Trey Kirkland, right? And then another tight end here from Southern California and Eric, come on, somebody help me out here. Chromekin, Chromenhoek, Chromenhoek, very good. Um, another quarterback, AJ McCarron. We know about him. He's got he's a he's an NFL veteran by now. Uh, Briley Moore, another tight end. Jay Sternberger, another tight end, and then a DB, the only DB on this list. All right, uh, and that's Bo Tanner. Uh, any names or anything about this list stand out to you guys here? Oh, I like I like the Derek Deese, uh, the tight end. That's the son of Derek DC who was our uh, offensive lineman back in the day. Um, and I've been I, I've liked him coming out of college. I thought he would be a draft pick and uh, and things like that. Um, but I like that they were able to bring him in for a workout. And also, if you go back to that last tight end, the Sternberger one, I think that's another one that I like. So those are two names that I kind of like recognize from this list that are like new. Uh, the AJ McCarron one, I'm surprised they didn't go that route because you get it, or or the Mike Glennon because you're gonna get a solid veteran. Uh, I'm surprised they went with Kent Kurt Burt Ben Kurt. Um, but hey, man, let, let's let's see what happens, man. They they went with Kurt Ben Kurt. That's that's the weirdest name. That's a dope name, but it's weird to say. And what's interesting about that? I was I was looking at this list and I was wondering why Kurt, right? And Tony touched on it with the system familiarity, knowing the uh, nomenclature and the language of the offense, right? Uh, but he's not, he doesn't have any like real veteran experience in the NFL. I don't even know if he has any starts, if I'm being honest with you guys. Uh, my question to you is did they sign this guy to make it clear there's no competition for a guy like Brock Purdy? Like, we really do like you. You're sticking with us. Because if you sign an AJ McCarron, in my opinion, or a Mike Glennon, in my opinion, he leapfrogs uh, Brock Purdy, right? At least that's my opinion, just based off of NFL experience alone. Just that, just that, not ability or anything like that. Uh, just the, you know, what they know about the league and things like that. Um, why do you guys think they go with a guy like that um, and none of the other names on this list, Tony? What, what are your thoughts here? Anybody on this list stand out to you? I'll pop it back up there in case. I like I like decent and um... – Sternberger. I was big on Sternberger coming out of AM during the draft process. I think it was two years ago, three years ago. Suffered a major ACL injury with the Packers. Uh, I mean, the kid can block, he can run, he can catch, he could uh, run decent routes. Uh, Dees, I also like. Um, but yeah, Stern, when I saw Sternberger on here, I was like, wow, that's something to keep an eye on because I think we st only still have Fumagelli. On the practice squad right now, I'm not 100 sure, but I think he's the only tight end there. So another thing that's odd, they didn't look at another running back, which I found is odd because they pulled Mac up, and now you have an open spot on your practice squad as far as a running back position. So that's interesting. And and what's more interesting is about that what Tony's talking about. Uh, it took the 49ers forever to put a running back on the practice squad this season. It's like they didn't even want running backs on the practice squad, which we couldn't figure out because Tony, Mike, Breezy, and every other 49er fan out there knows that 
the room that doesn't stay healthy is the running back's room for Kyle Shanahan. So we couldn't figure out why we like, like maybe they shouldn't have let go of Trey Sermon. Maybe they could use him right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, this is crazy. And then what did I say? We let go of Trey Sermon. We're going to have to hit the waiver wire. And now look what we're doing. We're trying to piece together running backs. It's crazy, y'all. It's crazy. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I'm sorry. I got a, my supervisor is texting me this time of night, and that's not normal. So you guys give me one second here. I'm sorry. I'm going to pop this list back up because I don't think this is the same list that we had in our group chat. Uh, I'm going to pop this list back up here really quick. Uh, I'm counting the tight ends here, and I only see uh, three, four. Three. One, two, three, four. I thought there was another tight end that the Niners brought in for a workout today. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Hey, guy, Tony, you remember Kevin Hogan, too? And yeah, there, there, was, there was one more tight end from North Carolina, and that's Garrett Walton, W-A-L-T, uh, W-A-L-S-T-O-N, Walston. Garrett Walston, that's another guy. Because there was a and, guy. Garrett what were you Walton. saying? Oh, my God. Yeah, Garrett Walston from North Carolina. So they worked out, and that's what stood out to me. They worked out five tight ends. Um, and I know a lot of people are out there saying right now they uh oh now so this is we're Wasn't gonna Garrett we're gonna the guy sorry it's ESPN. Wasn't Garrett Walston the guy we brought in from North Carolina? Then we let him go. I I don't know if this is his first or second time being back with the team. I honestly I don't know. But remember we had a tight end from North Carolina and then he was released. Maybe with the first, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did sign an undrafted free agent. What was it? What's the guy's name? Tim. <laughs> no. Was it that was the name? I believe it was. Yeah, you're right. They did bring him in as an undrafted free agent. He was the first one cut. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a practice squad contract just because. The 49ers looked at him in the first place. He was let go as a cap cap. Uh, uh, he had to be let go yeah. forever. And yep. bring him you back. Right. Good, the good call. The 49ers tight ends. I'm, I'm sure this is where you're going with this. I'm not sure about George Kittle and, and his status. But losing Tyler Croft, I think, is why they're bringing in another tight end. I think they still believe you're going to get Kittle back possibly this week. But Tyler Croft was about to be a big part of this offense. Now he's going to be out, what, four to four weeks, six weeks, something like that, four to six weeks. And so you got to – What was his injury? Yeah, I think he had an MCL and a knee. I think he had something in the knee. Um, And so I think it's going to be four to six weeks for him as well as the high ankle sprain for Ty Davis-Price. So you got you to bring in another tight end to replenish. And Charlie Warner was out there. Ross Dwelly was out there. Um, and then who are our tight ends? Because I'm confused. I mean, I think they'll pull up Fumagelli if he's definitely not. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Fumagelli's on the. Uh, is it Fumagelli or Fumagali? He's. When on I the, say Gali. I don't. I don't know exactly how it's pronounced. I he's on the practice squad. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You got. You got. You, but you still got to bring in another one to replenish him mm-hmm. on the practice squad. So it's going to be one of these guys. Yeah. And again. Talk about injuries that we didn't see happen. When did he get hurt? I don't know because he played. I thought I could have swore I saw him on a snap in the fourth quarter. I didn't write it down, but I could have. I could have swore I saw eighty-one out there. It's crazy, right? Like I just don't. I don't know when these injuries but happen. You know, I'll tell you what, he wasn't out there because was it in the third quarter or fourth quarter? I can't remember. 
there was a message that went out that said he's not returning to the game. I just can't remember if it was third or fourth when that message popped off. That's all. Yeah. So, I mean, it did happen. Um, and so he's going to be out for a while with the MCL sprain. Uh, but, you know, I think he'll end up coming back. But this has been his kind of um, history in the NFL. It's never been about the talent. It's been about availability. You know, and he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, can't string together six games in a row so, or six weeks in a row. Um, and so we're, we're going to be hoping for the Fumagalli, they're saying, is how it's phonetically. Uh, someone typed it out there phonetically, Fumagalli. Uh, thank you for that, Joey. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here um, with the tight end position. But that's what stood out to me when we looked at the list of the players that the 49ers brought in for workouts, five tight ends. You know, now the quarterbacks, you understand, because we lost our starting quarterback. But the tight end position, I didn't realize that we lost uh, Croft and then five of them, like five tight ends and a lot of people are saying and we got our first super chat of the night keep those super chats coming guys we got them here freddie gonzalez says you guys think kittle plays this week and do you think the niners are the best team uh the best nfc team with jimmy so we'll get to the second part of that in a, in a, in a second but let's talk about the first part you guys think kittle plays this week now when i was looking at this list or the list of all the different tight ends that we worked out that was a red flag to me i don't think kittle's ready for this week I think that if Kittle was ready, you don't work out that many tight ends. I could be wrong, right? Because right now, who's left Who's left on the active roster right now? Is it is it just Croft? I mean, not Croft. I'm sorry. Is it, is it just Dwelly? It's Dwelly who's and Warner. Dwelly and Warner. When Warner. So we, we had three. That means that we're likely going to bump somebody up uh, or Kittle is ready. Uh, so what do you guys think? Do you guys think Kittle comes back this week? And we'll, we'll, I'm going to dive into that a little bit more after you guys give me your answer there. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, I don't think so. I really don't. And I don't know what they're going to do. They'll probably bring up Fumagelli, go with the three tight ends. We use check could be a fourth body as a tight end if they need it. But I don't know. This team's in shambles. Not in shambles, but they, they, there's some – not soul searching. They have to readjust, if you will. It's it's like I I personally think he's ready. Do I think he'll play though? I don't think the I don't think Kyle Shanahan feels like he might need Kittle this week. I mean, you're just looking down at your opponent, down on your opponent. Uh, can you can can you? Do you do I want Kittle out there? Yeah. Um, but we're playing the Broncos. And, I mean, their defense is all right, but we can probably manage without Kittle another week to let him just like heal up, heal up, and then you bring him out week four at home against the Los Angeles Rams, and then you start getting your other guys back week five, like Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett, which I think they're gonna put him on the IR again. So he'll, it'll be eight weeks. I think that's what they how they do it. So I, I don't I don't I don't know. Um I'm kind of with Tony. Like I it's weird. Like, do I think he's ready? Yeah. Do I think he plays? Nah. I don't think he's ready. I know that you guys are saying that you think he's ready and he just won't play. I don't think he's ready, if okay. I'm being honest with you. I think it was too many tight ends brought in uh to replace one guy. And that's the thing. The one guy was only getting 
12% of the snaps. I don't have the exact breakdown. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I know uh, PFF tracks that kind of stuff, and I haven't logged in on a PFF in, in a year or two. So uh, I don't know what the exact breakdown is. But uh, I'm sure that uh, they wouldn't have worked. 12% of snaps, Mike, because he was in on a lot of run plays, and he was your blocking tight end. Like He was in there more than Charlie Warner, bro. But I'll look it up for you while you talk. Yeah, it's just I, – I just don't think that uh, they, they're going to go that way. And if you are looking for a blocking tight end to what you alluded to, I think that Fumagalli is the guy. Fumagalli is the, is the blocking tight end also. He, he's going to come in there and do and do those things. Um, so but you still have to replace one. So you bring in a bunch of them, you work them out, and you take the best one. What's the problem? The best, the best one isn't going to have you bring in a guy that, one, you're familiar with. You, you talked about uh, – Garrett uh, Walston, right? So we already have familiarity familiarity with that guy already. If that's the one, then that's the one. But then but it comes down saying, to saying that's the one. They bring in you bring in ten guys. You bring in a guy that you're familiar with. You see if he improved in the offseason. You work out all ten, and then you pick the one you want to replace Tyler. I mean uh, Troy Fumugali. If you're gonna bump him up on the practice squad, like it's it's four tight ends still. Like I don't I don't see what the problem is. Like it's it's still at that four tight end spot. Reactive and one on the practice squad. You're saying right? Right. So yeah. this is just for a practice squad spot. I don't think this has anything to do with uh, George Kittle. And if you if George Kittle doesn't play because you said he's not ready, that's fine. Tony said bump up Fumagalli. Fumagalli gets bumped up. Now your tight ends are Fumagalli. Um. um uh, Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner. Right. And now you replace Fumugali with the guy on the practice squad. And then once George Kittle comes back, Fumugali probably goes back down to the practice squad and then you release the guy you just signed. I think I think that's what it is. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, I I'm just I'm just nervous. And what I don't want to see is this, right? Let's I don't know if Kittle's gonna play this week or not. Uh, but even with next week, I don't want decoy Kittle on the field. I could be wrong in this. I might be alone in this, and I understand that. But to me, there's nothing worse than seeing decoy Kittle on the field. We've seen it for far too many weeks. We saw it down the stretch of the of the of the season. We saw it in the postseason. This, this decoy Kittle. He's not really a part of the past game and all that. And we got to be honest with ourselves. That's one of his strengths, as is being a weapon in the past game. I don't need blocking George Kittle. I don't need a guy that can't really go out there and block all the way. We saw some of the worst blocking from George Kittle because he was out there just to play this decoy. I don't want to see that. I'd rather us wait until he's ready to go and go ahead and, and, and bring the pain, bring the heat. You know what I'm saying? Be the George Kittle that we know you can be. I understand that they didn't want to put him on IR, right? So don't get me wrong. I think that has something to do with the way his contract is structured. Mm-hmm. I think that has something to do with you know, IR versus get guarantees versus, um, you know, just not being dressed. I, I think they avoided putting him on IR for that reason and to give team something else to think about because he is one of your top three pass catchers on the team. And so teams still have to prepare for him because they don't know if he's coming up. Do you guys, do you guys agree with what I'm saying so far? It's the 49ers, so they always looking for loopholes and, and ways to manipulate the languages of the contracts and the system. So I, I, I do agree with you, actually. There's a possibility that that's it. Tony, what, what, do you, what do you think, man? What do you think about what I'm saying so far? I don't think he'll put him on the field as a decoy. I don't. I don't think it's it's worth it. 
I hope I hope not. And, that, I think and that's, that's, that's why I'm I'm, that's why I want him to play this week. So if, if he's ready to go, you play him this week, even if you don't utilize him. Um, like full kiddo, you play him. You get him back into a little football shape. You know, he gets a game under his belt, and then next week he should be pretty much good to go. I, I personally think kiddo should play if he's able to play. If he's healthy, if he clears, if he practices, he's going to play. They have practice today. Did kiddo practice today? Good question, right? I didn't see anything. I, I honestly don't know. So don't I don't I don't want to lie and say no. I don't want to lie and say yes. I'm, I'm assuming say he didn't practice because if he did, we would have heard about it by now. Unless they still practice him, but I know it's nighttime over there in California. Right. You would think that it would be all over the place, right? If if he exactly. actually did practice. Exactly. So I'm just I'm not confident in the fact that he did or didn't practice. Um, but what I know is this Kittle is more valuable, completely healthy than he is partially healthy. More valuable. Doesn't mean that he can't contribute, you know, injured or partially, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't want to make it I don't want to make it seem like I don't want to see him unless he's ready to play 100%. He still has a value if he's injured. Let me be very clear here. He still has a value if he's injured. But I think the league is hip to decoy Kittle. If mm. I can see it, if we can see it as 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 watchers of the 49ers, you best believe that the, the, the quality control coaches see it also. Guys, Kittle's coming off of an injury. He's probably only going to get two or three targets in the game, and they're all going to be short passes trying to move the sticks. Like That's not worth it to me. I'd rather have a healthy Fumagalli out there who can go out there and give you some inline blocking and still catch a pass or two and maybe break a tackle or two for seven or eight yards as opposed to Kittle's three or four yards that we see him get when he is injured on the field. Um, in the second half of Freddie Gonzalez's uh, tweet here, and Wayne, let me know when you get those percentages for the snaps there. I know you were looking that up for me. Um, <clears throat> the second half is, do you think the Niners are the best NFC team with Jimmy. Now, this is a loaded question here, uh, but let's let's go ahead and talk about it. And we're going to get to the rest of the super chats in a second. Um, but what do you think, guys? Uh, let's start with Tony because I know I know Wayne is still looking up the the snap percentages there. I just want to know how how much uh, how much uh, Croft was out there. That's all. I think Croft was out there. I think he was the number one tight end. And then they subbed in and out, dwelling in and what's his name. <clears throat> I told you when they signed him, if he could stay healthy. So week week one, he played a total of thirty seven snaps, and week two, he played played a total of twenty one snaps. But that was due to injury. Well, what's the what are, what are the percentages break down to? Because I think we had uh, w- roughly you get about sixty eight to seventy five snaps a game. So week one is about fifty percent somewhere. He's hovering around the fifty percent range, and week two we we controlled the clock. We controlled the ball. He probably ended up only playing, you said 20-something, so maybe 30 40% of the snaps. Or they don't they do not do the snap or percentage break. I don't see a snap percentage. That doesn't mean it's okay, not sorry. good. I no, no, it's, it's okay. He still played more than I thought he did last week or this this past Sunday. So that's And he, that's, and he probably would have played more than that, but then he ended up getting injured. So I think his number is, is around 30, 30-plus. 30 right which would be half of the snaps, and that would make him tight end one. Okay. And we gotta we have we also have to factor in that Juice was, was able to move and play tight end and things like that. Sometimes he was off 
the line. Sometimes he was on the line. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it, it all, all that factors in there. It's just interesting to see how the Niners shake things up and, and move things around. Um, we're going to have our super chat segment right now. Uh, they're, they're piling up in here. So I want to, I want to get the uh, latest rumors and all that off of the screen. Let's break down some of these super chats. Cause they are, they are coming in here and we thank you guys for all the super chats. And again, you guys can keep them coming. This is a super chat segment and we'll get to the meat and potatoes of our show. If we don't discuss the things that are uh, being presented to us by the super chats here. So thank you guys again for those. Um, the next one we have after Freddie Gonzalez is from Corey Davis. All right. He says, I'm sorry I'm late. How do you guys feel about Trey Lance injury? Another loaded question. I know a lot of people out there trying to assign blame and things like that. Uh, I will open the floor to you guys. Take as much time as you need to break this down um, and go whichever direction you want to. How do you guys feel about the Trey Lance injury? Uh, let's start with Tony. Then we'll go with Wayne after the, afterwards. I mean, ultimately, it sucks. That's the one thing I feel about it. Uh, and, it, it, you know, we're not going to go into the point of fingers aspect of this question, but it sucks. The injury, it happened. It could have happened on any play to anybody on any design play. And that's what all I'm going to say about it. But unfortunately, like, you know, it happened. And um, now there's rumors saying he could be done by the end of the year and they're going to play him in the playoffs. Bullshit. That's not happening. I'm telling you now, if that's even true. He's going to be ready for next year, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with Tony. The injury sucks. Um, um, and you're not going to like my response, but it's football. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not saying players are going to, you know, players play, you know, to get injured or anything like that, but it's football, guys. Like, What was his injury exactly? It was – it was he broke his – he broke the fibula where it meets the bone of the yeah, ankle, ankle and, and the tendons on the exterior of the ankle. So that's what had to be surgically repaired. So you had to repair that as long and then put the, the screws and stuff into the ankle bones. But uh, I did read somewhere if you if there's a bone broke in the ankle, you want it to be the fibula. Yes, not the fibula, correct. It's the fibula, I don't know what the medical term was, but the way it heals and where it's located on the ankle or where it attaches to the ankle. Yeah, you said it right. You said you want it to be the fibula, and I'm saying right. You don't yeah. want it to be the tibula. Tibula is the bigger, thicker bone um, where the ankle, the foot and the ankle is, and then the, the tibula is that little small kind of like skinny thing that's a little bit more uh, fragile, but it's better when you break that opposed to the bigger bone. So the healing process for him <clears throat> should go rather smoothly it's just you know it sucks that he's injured like tony said in the first place but uh yeah i don't was it I don't, a break or was it a fracture do you guys know i, break. Thought, a fracture, I thought it was the same thing no the, a break is a solid break of fractures break. a break in the bone all right, right so it was, a, it was a it was a break it was it was for sure a break you guys confident yes. I, I i don't know guys no no they, they said it was a break so i'm going with okay. the break so the break has a, you know, it's a, it's an eight to twelve week recovery time. All right, that's not the, bad. The the fracture is up to six weeks, four to six weeks, if it's just a fracture, and you can get surgery for both to repair both. If it's a break, let's do worst case scenario and talk about it here. If it's worst case scenario, it takes a whole twelve weeks. He could still come back this season, and if I'm the Niners. I do it. No way in hell you put that kid in that position. No way. If he if he's if he's fully healed, 
and fully healthy, why not? There's a difference between being fully healed and being in football shape to play. Yeah. You could be fully healed 100% in 12 weeks. Is the ankle ready to go? Do you have the full flexibility? Is it going to be stiff on you? Are you going to have a setback? Is there a risk of something happening? Is it too close from this from you being past your recovery time? It's not worth it. Sorry. It's not worth it. Because now you got to think about what's got to happen, right? And I'm, it has nothing to do with Jimmy playing quarterback. I don't give a shit about that. You know how I feel about that situation. But now you have to recanter your, your offense for Trey. And don't say no because you saw the night and day difference in the play calling between Trey and Jimmy. Now you're we'll into week 14, 15, 16, and you're going to switch it back. I think that's a lot. And I think that's your – it's not – there could be too much bad – there could be more bad than good out of that situation, not only for the ankle, but for the team. You know, mentally, he's got to have full – he's got to be mentally clear. You saw what happened with Jimmy when he came back from the ACL. He was scared shit. He wouldn't plant that front leg. He was always lifting it up. He was afraid. That's big. That's your ankle. That's your, that, his right. His right is his push-off ankle. That's – you know, you're planting and you're stepping in your throw – and then he's pulling his leg up right away, hoping no one falls on it. It's a mental game. He's got to be able to get to that point to have that confidence in that ankle to respond and say, shit, if someone rolls on me, oh, well. Sure, you could talk it, but doing it is two different things. Uh, Wayne, do you agree with Tony's assessment here? If he's fully healed after 12 weeks, you're not bringing him back in as a starter? I, I just don't see why you would bring him back in as a starter when you're just going to go back out there and utilize him the same way, which, like, I don't know if, if that's what you want to do with, with Trey Lance at that moment, right? Um, <laughs> they didn't, and my, the way I see it is Kyle Shanahan needed more time to use Trey Lance properly. I feel like he still under undermined him a little bit. We didn't see him throw the ball much. Uh, we did see him throw the ball, just not the same way or the same type of plays that you would see from like Jimmy Garoppolo. So like instead of instead of Trey throwing a screen, he's taking a quarterback power run. Now, I'm OK with him running the quarterback power run, but you're asking him to jump right back into that same style of playing fresh off the injury. Uh, but then again, when is the right time? If you if he's fully healed, like when is the right time? Because if you know, it's football, like I said, so. I don't think they should do it. If this team is winning, I don't know if you go back to bringing him back in uh, right away. You just kind of let him sit out, ride out, and next year will be his year. Like, that's just kind of like the way it is. If if that's it. Now, yeah, that's how I think. Wow. I completely disagree with you guys. I completely disagree with you guys. So the question is, if he's fully healed after 12 weeks, do you yeah, bring but, him back? Now, yeah. after 12 weeks, the Niners have played 11 games. All right, so that will be a total of 13 games. That means that there's four regular season games left and the postseason if we're blessed enough to make it that far. Trey Lance needs reps. Fully healed means fully healed. And while he's rehabbing, he's going to be working on – and now I agree with Tony. Is it stiff and all that stuff? He's going to be working on the flexibility of it. He's not going to be out there cutting and all that stuff, but they're going to be doing all the ankle rolls for 20 minutes in this direction and then you – 20 minutes back in the other direction and the toe points and all that stuff. They're going to be working on this ankle. That's part of the rehab process. Fully healed is fully healed. And, and I'm actually glad that you guys agree and that we can present both sides of this argument. 
right? I com- I completely understand what Wayne was talking about, what Tony was talking about. You don't do it. Just go ahead and hold out. Let him go to next season. He's too important. But Wayne, you said something earlier. This is football. This is football. If we're talking about the way that he's used, maybe Kyle go ahead and makes an adjustment. But if you name this guy your starter, he is your top quarterback. When he is healthy and he's ready, his he needs to get his ass back out there. But, Trey but Lance has played in four games in the last three years. That's I, not I, enough. I agree with that, but I don't. I don't trust Kyle. So like, you saying I don't have to? Don't have to. No, yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it's it's not about trusting Kyle, right? So at a certain point, uh, no, for Kyle me, can call what. what so go ahead. Let me let you finish your point. Well, for me, it is trusting Kyle, right? Because do I want Trey Lance to be utilized to his strengths? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Do I want him out there being able to run the ball? One hundred percent. And if he's fully healed, yeah, no doubt, one hundred percent. Utilize him that way, but does Kyle learn from this situation? Because I don't think Kyle got Trey Lance injured. I just feel like Trey Lance also didn't throw screens. Trey Lance also didn't throw the ball. Like he just didn't do quick throws, quick this, quick that. It was all power runs, power runs, power runs. Now I'm not saying that wasn't to set up the quick stuff for him. Uh, maybe there's levels to Kyle Shanahan stuff, right? Because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo could do certain things that Trey Lance could do. But the one thing I know Jimmy Garoppolo is decent and good at. That's getting the ball out of his hands, wait to the last second, that wide receiver, boom, he takes the hit, and then boom, he's gone. Now, I want Trey Lance to play. I really do. I really do. But there's a lot of factors that's got to come into that. And Tony mentioned the confidence. He mentioned some other things. Like, I don't know. It's it's one of those, uh, what's the situation? I don't know. I don't know. I can't describe what I'm trying to say. I just know that. You might just want to hold off your investment for a little while longer because you got time. You hold off on them. Now, if we're if it's a losing season or whatnot, and you want them to get in and get reps the last couple of games of the year, that's different. Let them go in and get some reps. Same thing, kind of like what we did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like we kind of just put him in there, uh, like toward the end of the year, we wasn't going to win anything. Jimmy didn't know the whole offense at the time. Remember when he won those five games straight? Jimmy didn't know shit. He knew five plays, and they ran them. That was it, and they won. All right, so here, this is this this is what I don't understand about this fan base. And I'm not saying you. I see it in the chat. Okay, they're crucifying Kyle Shanahan to run the fucking ball for running the ball. But now you want to put a guy off of an ankle, a broken ankle with ligament damage. In the game, after twelve weeks, and if he fully, gets hurt again, if he, God forbid, gets hurt again, then what? Well, and that's it, how it, fucked up this fan base is. It but doesn't I'm matter you now. But I'm, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking to the fan base. I am talking to two no, because there's people in the not, chat that are saying I'm not, it. I'm not, but I'm not worried about the chat. But, but I, think, not, I, I think Mike's connotation fully healed means that he's got the green light and he should be good to go. And so... Well, that's structurally of the ankle. I understand that point of it. I'm not... So I'm not trying to contradict myself, Mike, because I know that's where you're going. But Mike is saying he's fully healed. He's cleared by his doctors. Should he be back out there? And Mike is saying yes. And I, I can understand why. He does need the reps, Mike. Let's not act like this kid don't need to be playing football. Like he definitely does. I agree with that one hundred percent. But if it's if, <laughs> I guess my thing is why rush him back if it if it doesn't matter. Like right right. And so if you're winning, do you need to put him back out there? No. 
if you're losing, do you need to put him back out there? Not really. So, so like, why not just wait? But Tony, on the other hand, any person could get injured on any play at any given moment in football. It doesn't matter whether they fully healed, partially healed, somewhat healed. And so I think that's why Mike is saying, hey, but he can still get – like, you yes. know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly where I'm going, right? This ankle injury could happen dropping – it could be a shotgun and three-step drop after that, and someone is diving at his ankles as he's throwing the ball, right? We You can't play scared. You can't play scared. If he's healthy and he's ready to go, you go out there and go. In 2020, we heard that Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy but didn't want to play anymore. They had him doing scout team reps and shit like that. I crucified Jimmy for being healthy and not getting his ass back out there on the field. I would be the hugest hypocrite if I didn't say the same thing for Trey Lance. Now, Wayne, the one thing I, I disagree with you, and I know that you knew I was going to catch that. But you he said had a high ankle sprain. And we're talking about a break, and you're talking about a high ankle sprain. Fully healed is fully healed. I don't give a shit what the injury is. It, it could be a pinky. It could be a shoulder. It could be a high ankle. It could be a fibula, tibula. I don't care what the injury is. If you're fully healed and you're good enough to go out there and take practice reps and all that stuff, get your ass back out there on the field if you've been named the starter of the franchise. I don't. And this isn't just me saying this for 49ers. This is me saying this for any position, for any team. If you are fully healed and you are you are under contract to play a, a, a position and you're healthy, Go back out there and you play this game. Now, the one thing I disagree with you with, and I knew you, I knew Wayne that you knew I was going to catch this because you said I don't want to contradict myself. But when you gave your first response, you said, "Now, if the season's over and you just want to get some, you want him to get valuable reps and put him out there." That's the one part I disagree with you with. I think that if we're in playoff contention, <clears throat> he needs the pressure. There is no organization in the entire NFL that's going to put more pressure yeah, on his quarterback. Let him play fucking football right now the way he should be playing. They won't even let him throw the ball, but you want to put him out there under pressure, pressure. That's not fair. I'm I'm gonna get to that. I promise you, but I want you I want you to hear what I'm saying, right? I want you to hear what I'm saying. There is no organization in the entire NFL that is gonna put a quarterback under more spotlight than the San Francisco 49ers, not the Cowboys, not the Patriots. You cannot name a team that the quarterback position is under a bigger spotlight than the San Francisco 49ers because we have a standard here with this team. Okay, if you are healthy, you get your ass back out there and you sink with the ship or you make that ship float. It is your job to do that. So what I'm saying is this, if he is healthy after 12 weeks and we got four games left, whether we're on, if we're on the cusp of the playoffs and you think this is your guy going forward, he has to be good enough to go out there and win you games to get your team to the playoffs. You know, if we are not mathematically eliminated from the postseason, he needs to get his ass back out there. Now, with four games left, that means that we have already played We've already played there's, – there's, there's 17 games now. We've already played 13. Mm-hmm. If we only have five or six wins, that's when, in my opinion, you don't play him. If we're, Once we're mathematically eliminated from the postseason and then he's deemed healthy, then you don't play him. Because well, we didn't play Jimmy Garoppolo when he was – we were mathematically out and he got crucified. Like, that, that's – you just – And that's why, that's why I said I would be the biggest hypocrite. I still killed Jimmy in the 2020 season when I heard that he was healthy and he was out there taking practice and he reps. he made a business decision. And shit, right? If you're healthy enough to go out there and do that, you get your ass out there on the field. I'm going to feel the same way about the guy that we traded up all this capital to go out and acquire. So you, if you're healthy 
and we're not mathematically eliminated, you go back out there and you play the game because there's never going to be more pressure on any position, on any team in the entire NFL. The 49ers quarterback position has the most pressure than any position in the entire NFL. I wonder Argue why. With, who, huh? I wonder why. I mean, it's, it's clear. It's because we have a standard. We have the Joe Montana standard. No, I, I know why. I'm just standard. saying I wonder we why. We have the Jeff Garcia standard, right? We have the Garbox standard. Like, we have a standard here. Right. And during the years with with uh, with Montana and with Young and when we had backups in there, you know, the backup still won 60 percent of the games at that time. So I don't want to hear it. You got to go out there and you got to go. You you have to go play. If you are deemed healthy, you go out there and you play, especially for a kid with fucking 16 starts in his whole football career. It's not acceptable for us to sit here and keep putting this kid on the bench and saying, oh, well, next year, next year, next year. No, because you know what's going to happen the following year if we sit him and he's healthy? They're going to say, oh, well, this kid ain't healthy. He don't have the experience. Maybe we should keep Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year. I, The questions need to be ended. We can dead the questions whether we are in the playoff hunt or not. Once you're healthy, you get your ass back out there on the field and you go and you freaking play. That's what he needs to do. If once Once cleared... He needs to go out there and he needs to play football, period, in my opinion. That's my opinion, right? So what I would like to do is for the whole league to know the 49ers and look at their tape and say, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo went out there and he played those 11, 12 games and they're in the playoffs. Let's prepare for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, boom, we hit him with something new the same way we did in 2012 with Alex Smith and the transition to Colin Kaepernick. Hit them with something new. It's what I was calling for last year. I said last year that – Trey Lance should have continued to be the starter after the Houston game. But Kyle and GM John Lynch had already said, no, Jimmy is the starter this year. Once he's healthy, he's going back out there. They made up their mind. If they turn court, if they turn coat here, they're going to look like super duper hypocrites. They're going to look like what everyone is saying, all the speculation right now, they don't have faith in this guy. They don't, they don't believe in Trey Lance and all that stuff. If they go out here and Trey Lance is healthy and he's cleared and they still say, no, we're just going to rock out with Jimmy. People are going to say, see, told you he wasn't ready. Told you they didn't believe in this guy. If you want to show that you got faith in this guy and he's healthy, you put his ass back out there. And I, I don't understand how we can even possibly question this shit. Tony, I see you got your hand up. Go ahead, bro. My pushback is you could be medically cleared. It could be medically healed. If he's not mentally ready, I'm not putting him anywhere near that field. And I'm sorry. It's not worth it. Bro, he has been mentally preparing for a season and a half so far. I understand that, Mike. You're talking about your push leg on your delivery. Do you see see how many quarterbacks get their legs rolled up on? You don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo up until this season has not wore a brace? And his knee was repaired two years ago. This is your job. I'm sorry. It sounds cutthroat. It it sounds brutal. Listen, I I, can't say that. I'm sorry. You can't, I, you can't I, say that. You I can't no, say that. You absolutely can say that, bro. You My man had his your- foot snapped off. He had the surgery, and now there, not only is there a physical side he has to get through, there's a mental side to this, Mike. There's, It's more than oh, Band-Aid stitch. Are you, stitch, are you thinking mentally feel. and physically prepared by sitting on the sideline? Because in practice, it's blue jersey. You can't hit the quarterback. He needs to get back out there. I understand that, but my thing to you is, okay, let, let's let's play the devil's advocate because we all know you like to do that, right? So let's play it now. He drops back, 
gets hit and gets hurt, what happens? Or he drops back, game's on the line, he lifts his leg up and just tries to throw it off his front foot, gets picked off, they lose. What happens? Oh, Kyle should have never put him in. It's Kyle's fault. Fuck Kyle. Kyle. Fire him. No, it's not going to happen. I completely agree with what you're saying. So then if you agree with what I'm saying, why are you saying no, you put him in? And I'm telling you why I say no. Because the masses are going to blame Kyle no matter what. If he's healthy and he don't put him in, they're going to say, you never believe in this guy, which means you shouldn't have traded up for him, which means he should have started week uh, week one last year. They're going to blame him if he doesn't put him in. If they do put him in, and then what you said comes to fruition, they're still going to kill him. Fuck the outside noise. That's my point. That's my entire point. You are 100% correct. They are going to crucify. They're crucifying him now after a fucking win. After a game that we went out and dominated, where Jimmy Garoppolo played better than he's played in the last five fucking years, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo was hitting people outside the hashes, down the field. Everything that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do, he was out there doing in this very game, and they are still crucifying Kyle. You cannot... But they're not crucifying Kyle because of the game. They're crucifying Kyle because of a situation in the game that led their starting quarterback to be injured for the season. That's why they're crucifying Kyle. Make sure your context is correct, my guy. That's why. That's the only reason why they're crucifying wrong. Kyle. Wrong. I'm not wrong. wrong. Listen to me. I, I'm to me. wrong. That's not so. Yeah. So everything about firing Kyle has nothing to do with Trey Lance getting injured. It's everything to do with Trey Lance getting injured. It's. It's the injury plus. If you're talking about context and you want to go deeper into it, hold on, I got you, bro. And, and yeah. tell me if you disagree after I say it. The context is they're crucifying Kyle because you're running this guy because you don't believe he can pass the ball. That's what the context is, right or wrong. They're saying that Kyle didn't have faith that he could throw the ball, and that's why he was running the ball that's so one, much. That's one narrative. What the? F- th- that's what they're saying. That's, I'm, what, I'm that's not what they're all saying. Hear, that's what we're saying. saying. That's not all the narratives, though. Like that, like that's not the the, the everybody is not saying that, but that is one of the narratives. I do agree that is one they're, of the narratives. They're saying that he got injured because Kyle didn't think that he could throw, so he was running him more. Okay. It was a fucking option play. He had the option to hand the ball off. Okay, right? Debo even went on the podium and said he wasn't supposed to give me the ball on Debo's fifty-two yard run. Right? Yep. Debo all, said all, the, all of those runs De- are options. Yep. Yes, and so on the play that he got injured, it was also an option. It was right? also an option. Yep. It was also an option. That's on the fucking quarterback. That's not on the play caller. That's on the quarterback, bro. That's not on That's not on Kyle. Yeah, that's Trey that's chose to keep that ball. Football is football. You're going to get injured. The point that I'm trying to make is this. If he's ready, he's this inexperienced. We keep saying that he won't get better without experience. How can you possibly justify sitting this guy once he is medically cleared? Once they say he is okay, he is in football shape, how can you justify sitting this guy down on the bench? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't understand how you guys can say with a straight face that that's what we should be doing. Because, God forbid, something happens to him. And I understand you said football is football. It can happen anytime, any place. I understand that. He gets hurt. 2023 is a wrap before it even starts. I, I think if he's medically cleared, you play him. When when will he be medically cleared? I don't know. If if it is if it's 12 weeks, if it's 14 weeks, if it's two years, I don't know. It better not be that long, but I'm just saying. But if That's he's medically cleared, hold on. If he's medically cleared, I think I agree with Mike. You got to play the guy. If he's medically cleared to play the game, you play the guy because you play any other player that's medically cleared. 
when they get medically cleared, you play the guy. So I, I get where Mike is coming from. I guess my connotation is 12 weeks just doesn't sound like the timetable, but it could be. So well, no, no, I I I got the 12 weeks. I, I'm I'm Googling. They you guys know they say if you have symptoms, the worst thing to do but is you gotta Google understand we're right drawing, now. we're we're thinking. It's funny because if you said he's medically cleared to play next season, everybody would have been like, yeah. But since we're saying 12 weeks, that's kind of perplexed. That's like, damn, that sounds kind of fast. Like, you get he's what I'm saying? He's back in December. He's back in December. No, no, no. I, I, hear, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm trying to get you to understand where, where some of us, our thought processes is. Because the first thing that was said was what? It was the first thing that was initially said. He's having season-ending surgery. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure you understand that that was the yeah, first right, thing that's right. been embedded into the brain, especially in my mind. I don't give a fuck right. about anybody else, but my mind saying, oh, he's out for the season. I'm preparing for next season. Yes, now, you're absolutely right. But I will say this. Did the 49ers say that? Kyle Shanahan said he was having season-ending surgery, didn't he? I think that's where they got it from. It was from Kyle. Is, that, is that what Kyle said? Or is that what Rappaport and, and Schefter said? No, no, no. I thought at the thing, that's what Kyle said. I could be wrong. I don't know. And has, has let me ask you this question. Has Trey Lance been put on IR? No. Right. So pay attention to that. I don't know if you're arguing against me or for me because I feel I'm like arguing you're period, helping me out here. I'm just telling you. I just oh, came back say, and said okay, it. I agree okay, with the okay. fact that I thought, you play it with these medically clear because you just don't know what the timetable is. Like, right. like I said, in my mind, I'm thinking I've heard season ending surgery. And so I'm saying you wait till next season and you get him right. back in here because he's been medically cleared. But if he's medically cleared in 12 weeks, who am I to say God can't work miracles? You get what I'm saying? So like, it's a right. possibility because right. he's medically clear. You put him out there, you let him go out there and he plays football. He's the starting quarterback. And I'm going to keep it a bump with you. I will be feeling some type of way from Kyle Shanahan if you don't let this kid go back out there and be your starting quarterback. Honestly. Like, I really would. Now, I, let me I, ask you this question. I would if feel y'all some... heard that Trey Lance is taking uh, practice squad or scout team reps, y'all not going to feel some type of way? Honestly. Just oh, answer I know that I question am. and we'll move to the next Super Chat. I, I know I am. I didn't see him get placed on C, uh, IR, so I have not heard that news yet. And I'm pretty close to the news. <laughs> um, but if you guys heard it, feel free to share. I see somebody said he was placed on IR. I swear to goodness, I did not hear that. I heard that. And he, he and he will be. Let's be very clear. He's not oh, coming yeah. back in four weeks. So he's going to be. He's gonna I haven't heard it happen yet. I haven't heard that move announced. Exactly. Yet. Exactly. I haven't heard it is all I'm trying to say. Right. Now, Tony, did. my question to you. Okay. Because Wayne answered it already. Tony, my question to you. If you hear that he is taking scout team reps or practice team reps, whatever the fuck they want to call it. <laughs> and he's not playing. He's not dressed. He's not QB1. You're telling me you're not going to have a problem with that? Well, it, first of all, they're going to announce their moves probably by the end of this week. He's going to be on the IR. They're not keeping him off the IR. That's, that's a given. I'll put money on that. I'll put a large amount of money on that because you don't keep a guy who's going to be out 10 weeks on the active roster. So that's that. Um, as far as that, he would have to come off the IR to even get to that point. So that's a whole nother time. We can't even really answer that now because according to my uh, – from the way I'm looking at it, he's on the IR. He's done. 
He's not. Oh, for sure. This is I'm not gonna... even discussed right now. So I don't think he goes near a practice squad rep. I think that's why they brought this kid in. I honestly feel, I mean, I don't know where this tend to, I mean, when it was originally reported, he was out for the year and he should be ready for week one of next season. Now it's 10 to 12 weeks. I don't know where this is, how it goes from A to Z so quick. It's because of the new doctor assessments from after the surgery. And then when they, they finally saw what the break was, because you talked about it earlier about the tibula and the fibula. And when they realized that it was the tibula, I mean, excuse me, the fibula, it's not as long as a, a a healing process as if it was the tibula. And I think because it, that changed the the healing process. Right. There was a strain to one and a break on the other. And I just looked them both up. It's 12 weeks maximum. The end of the spectrum is 12 weeks. And that's, and that's how we for an it. athlete. That's for an athlete? Or is that for yeah. a normal human being? Well, that's... Google isn't going to specify for athletes versus a regular, you know, walking person. You know what I'm saying? So I, I even if it's even if it's 16 weeks, let's just say it's 16 and we're in the postseason. Our divisional round game, if he's healthy and you named him the starter as Kyle Shanahan of this team and your starter is back and they're healthy, you put your starter back in. That's funny. I don't care. I don't care if Jimmy goes undefeated the rest of the fucking season. If the Niners no, don't say season, that, don't no, say no, that. Out of here. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo, and we know what Jimmy well, Garoppolo is. This team wins out. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This team win, wins out. You, you're, you're gonna sit. You, you're gonna sit him to sit just who? to say to play your starter, and you don't know where he is mentally and physically on that leg. Yes, because part that's of that's what making, you're saying. Yes, and I'm gonna tell you why. Part of You're making the decision, me. part of that decision is assessing what he is. If you tell me that we are 16 and one, we are in the postseason with the number one seed, we got a bye week, and you tell me he's healthy, you have assessed him mentally, you have assessed him physically, you put your fucking starter back out there. Who you do that. that? You do that. We are we aren't the Eagles. The Eagles sit there and they 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 let Carson Wentz, uh, he was hurt. And they went out there and they they rode to glory on the back of of Nick Foles. That's not how we do here. That's not us. Okay. And it shouldn't. It, I I can almost get. I wish if I wish there was a way to prove we that. did it two years ago, Mike, and you called Kyle out on it. So what are you talking about? Didn't we do that with Alex Smith? Wait, 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 wait. What did you say, Tony? They hold did on, it. Wait, with, hold on. Hold your thought, Breezy. What'd you say, Tony? They did it two years ago with Jimmy did Garoppolo what? as the quote unquote starter. You called Kyle out, and he didn't play. You I, yourself called Kyle out. So don't say not, they don't do that. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I called Kyle out for not putting the starter back in at the end of the season in 2020. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm doing now. If I understand that, what I'm trying starter, to say to you. It's no luck just because he's the starter and the team goes undefeated into the playoffs. And I had a problem with Kyle not putting Jimmy back out there in 2020. Once Jimmy was cleared medically, he's back right. out there taking practice squad reps and scout team reps. I had a problem with it. Okay. What do I look like now saying, oh, Trey's healthy, but no, nah, we're going to go ahead and let, let Jimmy keep going because he got us this far. No, absolutely not. Okay. No fucking way. This kid needs to play ball. And you know why it's more important to me? Forget Trey Lance for a second. Forget Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. This is another reason why this is so important to me. I want to know that Kyle can adjust. 
You got a guy coming in here off a bad ankle who you say is your franchise future. I want to know that you can adjust your play calling. I want to know that you're not going to call 10 to 12 rushes again. A game. Kyle could do that. The issue is not Kyle. The issue is the rest of the team Tell that to coming the fans. together with that plan. Because don't say no, what I'm about to say to you. This team looked different. The minute Trey got hurt to the minute Jimmy came on that field. Yeah, but Tony, you're a smart guy and you know why. Fuck. Oh, all right. Let's get to it. We're gonna get we're gonna get back to the super chats. I promise you guys. We're gonna get back to the super chats. Let's talk about why, Tony. Let's talk about why. What does Kyle Shanahan do with his play calling the first 30 plays of the game, 40 plays of the game? Him. We know this. He scripts it's all him. scripted. So mm-hmm. that and then what happens when the script is over? What does he do? He assesses what the defenses did against those looks, and then he okay. adjusts his play calling from those formations based off of what the defense did. True or false? Yeah. Okay. So Everyone out there that's saying, oh, well, as soon as Jimmy came in, the play calling was different, da 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 They already had the linebackers stepping closer to the line of scrimmage. They already had the linebackers saying, it's going to be a super big run game. We're going to go ahead and, and crowd the line of scrimmage. In my opinion, and there's no way to prove this, so I can't say I'm right. Whatever Tony and Wayne are going to say, I can't say they're wrong. So let me be very clear here. But what I do know is this. Kyle set shit up for later in the game, later in the season with his play calling. You can't convince me that we didn't run, run, run. Trey Lance, by the way, only had three fucking carries in this game. Only three. Everyone's saying that we kept running them, we kept running them, we kept running them. That is bullshit. It was three out of 18 plays. Three times Trey Lance carried the ball. But I digress. There was only three. You can't tell me that Kyle wasn't about to open that shit up for in the passing game for Trey Lance because the defense started playing the run more. That's what Kyle does. This isn't a Trey Lance thing. He does, he does it with Jimmy. He does it with Nick Foles. He does it with C.J. Beathard. He did it with fucking Brian Hoyer. It's run, run, run. You're biting on the run. I'm going to take advantage of you downfield. That's how we came back in that game against the Rams on Monday Night Football when Brian Hoyer was the fucking quarterback. That's how we came back in that game. That's okay. why we we put up 39 points in that game and lost the game. We okay. lost that game. But what he did was it was run, 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 heavy run, make the Rams believe it's a run game all the way, and then he took advantage of the secondary, okay. believing it was run. That's what Kyle does. So for everybody out there saying that, oh, my God, Kyle changed it up because Jimmy came in the game, I think he would have changed it up with Trey Lance still in the game. I do truly <laughs> believe that. That's my personal conviction. You guys – are not obligated to agree with me. Nobody in the chat is obligated to agree with me. I'm just telling you guys that that's what Kyle Shanahan does. That is the rap sheet. That is what we know of our head coach. That is what we know of our play caller here. So, yes, it looked different once Jimmy got in there, but we had softened them up already. We were beating the shit out of them with the run game. We had guards and tackles pulling. We had guards down the field blocking on the second level all first quarter. They were dominating the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage literally got moved. Baldy did a breakdown and said, you want to talk about moving the line of scrimmage? Watch this. Three yards as soon as they snapped the ball. Baldy was saying this. If Baldy sees it, the defensive coordinator see it, you best believe Kyle Shanahan saw it too, and he was going to change the game. Unfortunately, Trey Lance got hurt. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you think that the game was going to continue the way that it was going. Tell me you think that Kyle was going to continue to run the ball. The I think it would have been a shot or two down the field. But like I said in the beginning of the season, before actually before the season started, don't expect big things from Trey Lance. 
This is what he's doing. He's running the ball. He's getting his feet under him. He's getting him comfortable with the multiple looks on the defenses that the defensive coordinators play games with. You yourself said, oh, my God, I watched the preseason game versus the Bears, and they're going to play tricks with him. You yourself said that. So what do you do? How do you defeat that? You run the ball. Okay. First game, 30-plus attempts. Second game, I don't know how many, but I'm sure it's over 30. So that tells me he's running the ball. And I said to you, week six to week seven is when you're going to see this offense take that step. Why? It gets the offensive line playing together. It gets the receivers playing together. It develop, It gives Kyle six to seven weeks to get more reps and develop Trey while he's on the field versus live bullets. I don't give a fuck what he does in practice. You're not hitting him. You yourself said it. He's got a blue non-con or black jersey on. No hit, right? This is where you get the development here versus the live bullets. And that's why I said after week six or seven, this offense should go if Trey's the guy. Unfortunately, we 40, can't see that. 41 total rushing attempts, guys. For everyone out there saying that the 49ers changed their game plan when Jimmy came in, it was 41 rushing attempts for the 49ers in that game. Trey Lance only played one quarter and didn't finish it. Don't tell me the game plan changed. Hmm. That's the cop out, and this is this is our. I'm it's talking about because I'm, I'm talking about us here on Nothing But Niners and you too, Wayne, on Nitty Gritty. This is our responsibility: is to bring the knowledge to the fans, the 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 the, the, the casual fans. It's our responsibility to let them know what the truth is. We finished this game with 41 rushing attempts, Wayne. I don't I don't think the game plan changed, but the play calling changed. This, this is just different. That, that, that's what I saw. So so the game plan is to run the ball, set up for the pass. That's what we did. We ran the ball. Even Trey Jimmy, Lance had three rushing attempts. Jimmy had four. Jimmy had four. So they, like I said, they, they rushed the ball. I mean, but but Jimmy's rushing attempts weren't Trey Lance's rushing attempts. Let's keep it a buck. He had one quarterback option play hold on he had one quarterback option play and quarterback sneaks bro come on let's just keep it a buck so so the play so the game plan was the same but the plays were different and when jimmy came in to get jimmy loose the motherfucker was throwing screens i ain't see one screen pass from trey and you saw a screen pass from trey bro because i got it written down there was not no one. i'm agreeing with you i'm, no, no, just... I'm looking at mike Silly oh. ass face because he made his face. I had one eyebrow move. I covered I my whole face. Shit, bro. I could so see one eyebrow. Now all of a sudden you can't on glasses tonight, dog. I saw it. Don't make me pull out my nose. I'm gonna go get the shade. No, I'm gonna go get the shade. I'm gonna get the shade. But no, seriously though, I didn't see those from 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 Trey Lance. But I do. I I got it. I got to come back to what Mike was saying. And I've been talking about this. This is why I don't understand why people are upset that Jimmy runs. I mean, Trey Lance was running the ball. It's it's all a part of the setup. And it just happened that it was a freak, freaking injury, yo. Like, literally, the, the run was two yards. It was successful. He gained positive yards. He took a big hit. Raise your hand if you thought he was concussed. I thought he got a concussion. I thought he Wait, got Oh, I was there. No, no, no. He, he popped up as soon as, as, soon as no, no, he, no, the I, play was over. I know. I didn't think he was concussed. I'm talking about from the hit. Like, so from the hit, from on TV, you heard a pop, right? And so he, he got up. He didn't pop right up. He he, he kind of, like, sat up, went back down, 
and then Jake Brendel picked him up. And then he popped out. He was, he was, he was, he was walking on his lap. He was, was like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know he had a high ankle, uh, the ankle sprain, uh, or whatever you want to call it. Didn't know that. So I, I, I don't understand why the fan base is so upset. Uh, you know, with Kyle Shanahan saying, well, Josh Allen ran the, he runs the ball because he does. And so does every other quarterback in the league. They just don't get hurt. And it's just unfortunate that Trey got hurt on this particular play. Three runs, Mike, you called it. Trey was three for 13 yards on the ground. Three. And he ran 13 times in week one. And he was probably going to run another 13 times in week two. Because what it does is, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because what it does is it changes the way the defenses have to play Trey Lance because he brings an extra, like, shit to his game. And that's what I like about Trey. And that's what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do. So I want to agree with Mike saying that don't think you wasn't going to get no shots down the field. Danny Gray was only playing because he was going to get shots down the field. Matter of fact, the same Thank you. That's the same, it. That, the play to Danny Gray, that was Trey Lance's play, and it might have happened at the same time Jimmy threw it. Unfortunately, the ball was thrown to the wrong side of the field. It was wrong placement for the ball. Jimmy – they played good defense on it. I would say both the safeties knew that Danny Gray was going to go deep. You could tell they did. They scout report. So both safeties covered Danny Gray over the top. And then the ball was placed to the inside opposed to the outside to the uh, sideline where Danny Gray could go make a play. So Danny had to play defense. And then the ball luckily wasn't intercepted. That should have been an intercepted pass on Jimmy Garoppolo. But y'all don't want to hear that shit. I'm just keeping it in the buck. I'm not mad at that. that I like it. I like you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm just keeping it in a buck. But it is what it is, guys. Trey got hurt, and I hope when Trey come when Trey comes back, I hope Kyle Shanahan continues to set these teams up for failure. Like it's a it's a guys, it's a fucking boxing match. It's fucking jabs and jabs and jabs. Just you don't fucking throw haymakers round one in a boxing match. Why? Because Mike Tyson retired a long fucking time ago. That shit. That style of fighting is. Mike Tyson got beat at his own style of fighting. Do y'all y'all forgot about that shit? Mm, that's because you went off the deep edge, buddy. <laughs> whatever you that's call you, you want to It was Coke and Japanese strippers. It was Coke and Japanese strippers. But to Tony, I mean to, to Wayne's point though, because I you know me, I'm a boxing guy. That's that's what I do, right? You go to the body to get the opponent to drop their hands. So when you come over top, you punch him in the fucking head. Right, right in the fucking temple, it's over. And that's what Kyle sets up. And this is not. Our opinion, everybody watching this can tell you if you've paid attention to Kyle Shanahan's play calling, what you see in the first half is not what you get in the second half. You'll see the same formations, but you're going to see a different plan of attack, right? It's going to look like we're coming in with the jab. We're going to come in and then boom, over the top with something hard. That's exactly what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. So I'm not here to sit here and say it's Jimmy's fault. It's Kyle's fault. It's Trey's fault. That's not what any of us here on here are doing. I think we all agree that the second half would have looked different. The second quarter would have looked different, regardless of who the quarterback is. I think we all agree on that, yes? I do. I the, Kyle was Kyle was hitting you, setting you up for the gut punch, yo. Yes, sir. And he yes, had sir. control of this game the whole time for a few reasons. One, 
the offense was moving the ball down the field, point blank period. Didn't matter who the quarterback was. Two, they were running the ball successfully. Didn't matter who the running back was. And three, the defense was on fucking crack cocaine. Like that, that's what it was. That that's exactly what I saw. So just real quick, just real quick, for those three points that you just pointed out, why would Kyle have to show his hand? I, I didn't think I don't I don't think he had to. I, I he think he did. That's what I was saying. Successful. I don't think there would have been oh, that many deep this. shots when oh, he no, don't no, 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 have no. to. No, I, I I got you, Tony. See, you try to be slick. You you a slick dude. The reason why Kyle would have to have made adjustment is because eventually he you're not going to keep punching me in the same spot, and I don't defend that spot. If you're hitting me here all night long, I'm going to start boxing with my glove up here. That's my my guard is going to go from like this to a shell style. It's going to go to a shell style. I'm not going to let you keep punching me here. And Kyle knows that. But what Kyle does is he changes before you change your defensive stance. And I understand that. And that that is 100% justifiable with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, not with Trey Lance. Because the reason why he brought in Trey Lance to make a full 11-11 football and would have been a one-on-one situation with Trey Lance and a defender. That's the difference. And that's what I don't get with the outrage from the fans. Why is he running him so much? Kyle told y'all before we drafted Trey Lance what he was looking for in a quarterback. I want a guy who can run like Lamar Jackson but can throw like Drew Brees. Why the fuck are we all of a sudden mad that Kyle called three runs in the first quarter for his quarterback? Well, and he didn't, he didn't, well, he didn't call, three, call runs. three runs. He called two option plays and one designed run. Why are we mad at that? Because the fans, the fans don't know what they're talking about. I'm sorry. And I'm yeah, not saying people in this group chat. Can I just I'm not saying right. people in this chat. I'm saying legit people look at things and don't see what is going on well, in front of them. Well, well, they, there's, there's, that's not just it, Tony. You're right. You're, you're 100% right. But, but two plays earlier, they broke off a 45-yard run. Right. But but again, it was off the quarterback option, too. I, I think what fans is they just, they just don't know what the fuck is going on. So a run is a run. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what the run is, right? So if you if you diagnose the three runs, Mike just said it. There was one design run, and then there were two option plays, right? There were two quarterback option plays. Like, guys got to factor that in. So let me tell you about the runs, right? Now, Trey Lance kept the option run, actually with three, four option plays, three option plays, one quarterback design. One, he handed off Debo, and Debo told you, I wasn't supposed to get that shit. That's why I almost got tackled in the backfield. But – since I'm Debo, I'm gonna figure out a way to not get down, got not get tackled. So Debo made a play out of that one. The first play of the game, though, the first, not the first play, but the first run. I was getting on Kyle Shanahan for not calling this type of play. And I'm sorry, Kyle. I owe you an apology. I'll send you a fucking birthday card because I asked for a quarterback draw. Do you know the first run Mike and Tony was a fucking quarterback draw? Trey Lance was in the shotgun. He faked. He came back. He put the ball up in the air like he was going to throw it. Then he brought it down, tucked it. And people keep saying that he's hesitant and running. He didn't look hesitant on that play. He dashed up for seven-yard gain, took the hit, and got down. I'm sorry. That was the one play by design. That was the design. You fake the pump, you tuck, and you go. It's a quarterback draw play. That's what the play was. That was the one designed run for Trey Lance. And how long was it? It was probably his longest run of the fucking night. It was seven yards. It was the the longest run of the fucking night. Right. The one that was designed. Now, the other ones were pretty much on the quarterback. Antoine, SMD, man. (laughs) The other ones were on the quarterback. He had to read, right? So you can either hand off the ball to the running back or you could take the ball yourself. Guys, y'all don't remember fucking 
Colin Kaepernick. I mean, the one read option, I mean, isn't that what we used to run? It just looks a little bit different because they're in more of a shotgun or a pistol formation, whatever it is you want to call it. They're just in a different type of formation. You got the quarterback in the shotgun or the pistol, whatever it is you want to call it. And then you got your running back to the side posted directly behind you. And it's just one of those things where he's either going to take the ball, depending on what the defensive end is doing or not. Yo, Trey Lance on those quarterback power runs, though, he's been successful. There's not been one for negative yards. I, I like, so I, I took that off your face because I was tired of seeing it on your face, bro. So I apologize. But um, he was successful. He's been successful on every run. Does he take hits at the end? Yeah, but this is fucking football, man. Like everybody's going to get hit. Like this is what play. This is what players do. It's not like he's taking crazy shots to the head and getting concussions like Steve Young. He's not, he's protecting himself in that sense. But then I, if he slides on a hit on a quarterback run like that, that cat's going to get cremated, going to get decapitated. And that's and, what Kyle, go, ahead, go ahead, Tony. That's that's why I, I just can't understand the fan base, how they want to fire him, right? You, you just made a point, right? The, 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 the read option. The read option is designed to put one player in distress to make a snap decision. So how it goes is it's a play side defensive end. He's unblocked. The guy is untouched at the snap. He steps up field and he sees the mesh between the running back and the quarterback. He's got to commit on that play, whether he's taking the, the running back out or he's going after the quarterback. So if he if he like flattens out and plays the flat, and that's taking the running back. So that's when the quarterback holds it, holds it, holds it until he fully commits out, rips it out, and then he tacks the edge. Right. So it's not. A design run it's a reactionary play it goes off of what that defensive end does in that moment of time compared to now let's flip it back to the chicago game right it was third and 11 trey lance yeah, took the third snap and shot and took a step back and just barreled for 12 yards and picked up the first down third and 13 oh it was third then he picked up 14 right yep Yep, he got the first though. That was the yeah. most impressive run I've ever seen by him. Oh, like everyone was souped and happy. Yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, it was the same damn play though, Tony. But now, it, now Kyle doesn't know what he's doing. Like I, I just don't understand like the logic point of this fan base, right? If you seriously go back and watch that Seattle game, the defense was on their heels. Because they didn't know what the fuck was going on. Were, were they running off tackle in inside? Was it a quarterback run? Was it a toss? Was it, w- w- was it a was it a reverse? They didn't know. They did not know. Now, if you're going to tell me Kyle trots out and brings three running backs on the field and tries to throw a pass with a running back, yeah, Kyle, you're out. You don't do that shit like Seattle did. But you're using a guy that you identified during your draft process that will get you 11-on-11 football, a guy with an arm like Breeze and legs like Jackson, to come in and play your quarterback spot. And people were ripping him and saying, oh, he's not ready. He's not this. Kyle can't call a game. In my opinion, you take those two fluke plays out where it was the blown coverages, the one touchdown to St. Brown versus the Bears, and Pettis doing his cat dance down the sideline because it was a blown assignment. (laughs) Trey Lance shit on Justin Fields in that game. He, he was he was the better guy. I know he didn't throw any touchdowns, but that's not the way it looked. That's not the context. The throws that he made in tight windows. He put a ball I, over three defenders. I, I, like, I was arguing with somebody about 
who the better quarterback of the game was. And they were like, how can you say Trey Lance was the better quarterback? He had zero touchdowns. Listen, Justin Fields' touchdowns came from fluke-ass plays. One was a fluke play, and the other one was penalties that got him right to the damn end zone. And then it was another fluke play because somebody blew the coverage. Like that, those were just those were Justin Fields touchdowns. Let's just keep it a buck. Uh, but like you said, Tony, Trey Lance outplayed him the whole game. I, I I still feel like the defense let him down in that game, man. It was a bad game. It was a bad game. You know, the office could put up more points. The weather got really bad, and the defense had they, they the wrong car. They fell asleep <laughs> at the wrong time, bro. Bro, let's get back that to the uh, came down at the wrong point in time, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's get back to the super chats here, guys. We got a couple more to get to. And if you guys out there in the chat have anything you want us to read, make sure you make it a super chat. It doesn't have to be for four, five, ten, twenty dollars or anything like that. But uh, we're, we're this is the super chat segment here. Uh, the next one here uh, is from Sean Shepard, and we're talking about Kyle. So let's go ahead and dig into it. Wayne, you want to take this one, man? Sorry, not sorry. Never seen someone choke and blow it like our coach goes. Yes, our coach. Our coach goes through players like drill bits, no script, destructs, script for Trey, horrendous, and porn star Jimmy. Every long ball was horrible. Sean, thank you for the contribution. Let's let's go backwards here. Every long ball, I don't think was horrible. Not Jimmy. I, had, I, uh, he had a ball. He had a pass that I just don't know how Brandon Ayuk didn't catch that joint. Um, that's that was a catch. The one to the sideline and Brandon had to die. It, like, it hit his hands and it just didn't catch it, yo. Like, but was are you talking about in the end zone? There was two of them, Brandon. Nah, I I'm dropped. talking about the one, the one in the end zone. He was interfered with. If he would have came down with that ball, then Brandon Ayuk is the goat. I don't know who could have okay. caught that ball. That you're talking tough. about the one that hit both hands and he fell and like the ball just came out. That's what the one you're talking about on the left yeah. sideline. Yeah, but that was a deep pass. Um, his and so was the touchdown to Dwelly. The touchdown to Dwelly was a deep out to the you know to the top of the left uh, of the field, um, and it was a great pass. Like, it was a great pass. I mean, Trey Lance missed that pass to Tyler Croft the week before, so yeah, like that was a great pass. Uh, but the only one throw to me that was the only long throw that was bad was the Danny Gray one. I, I felt like that was in double coverage, and Jimmy could have easily got that picked if Quadri Diggs would have got his hands on that quicker that was a pick i i agree with your assessment there you know uh tony any thoughts on on what we're talking about so far before we move to the rest of uh sean's super chat here no i mean you saw a couple ducks come out in that game one of them was almost picked i, I think it was Diggs. i don't know who it was or Wooten. one of the corners someone had got a hand on it it should have been picked but they didn't they dropped it, but I mean, how many how many of Trey Lance's throws were in danger of being picked off in this game? Well, he only threw three times. So none. None. All right. His, the throw that he had the pressure in his face, uh, that was just an incomplete pass. Like that was a good pass in the dirt. Like I think that's what it was. You know, I got right. it. I no, I, I agree with you, man. I thought Trey Lance yeah, actually looked remember when um when Trey Lance dropped back, this was a pass to Debo and he bootlegged and and the guy was just right in his face. Like the moment he faked the handoff and he turned around, it was like a guy in his face. He got it out to Debo, but it was yeah, it was incomplete. Now he says something here. We're going backwards in this in this commentary here. 
Uh, it goes through players like drill bits. Is that Kyle's fault? Because he, he's saying this is their, our coach. Is that Kyle's fault? Is that the strength and conditioning staff? Is that football and attrition? What do you guys attribute the massive amount of injuries on the offensive side of the ball to? Someone help me here. I think it's the performance staff. Performance and the, the the strength staff. I'm with. I think I'm that's all one staff. To be honest with you, I'm with Tony. I, I just call it the training staff. So, like, I, I really feel like it comes down to them to get these guys conditioned and you know eating right and and whatever. Like, maybe maybe these players are just not eating the right diets anymore. Maybe maybe back in the day when we used to eat, you know, the bad shit and meats and and whatever and players just seem to stay relatively a little bit more healthy but now you want players to be faster lean cut trim you know a lot of guys switching up diets switching up their work up workouts different things like that so it could be a lot that uh that t- attests the attrition of the players uh I, i'm i you, you can't blame the coach for players getting injured like that's that's not how it works they happen to get injured under his tenure but it ain't the coach's fault and, you know, just another thing, like, what kills me is they blame Kyle for Trey. They blame Kyle and, like, like what he's saying here, all, they go through players like drill bits. It's a high ankle sprain. He twisted his ankle. It happens. Trey Lance, his freaking ankle rolled under. It got caught under his leg. That's how it broke. No one even made contact to his ankle. His leg just got caught. So it's not like he's physically pounding these people into walls. So I don't know why people have this persona that it's Kyle intentionally doing this and he's running his players into the ground. No, he's not. Shit just happens. It's 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 freak accidents you know, that just I happen. Would, I would be more inclined to uh, blame soft tissue injuries. If a player's tapping his helmet and Kyle's not letting them come out, you know, this is, this is the symbol for, hey, I'm winded, I'm tired, or I'm cramping. I need to come out, right? If 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 this is happening with the offense and Kyle saying, no, forget it, keep running the play, or we want to keep the same personnel on the field, we don't want to substitute because now we have to allow the defense to substitute, I would agree with this. I would agree with Kyle is the one going through players like drill bits, but that's not what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know when Ty Davis Price's injury happened on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know when Tyler Croft's injury happened on the offensive side of the ball i do know when trey lance's injury happened and i can tell you that he wasn't fatigued excuse me i can tell you that he wasn't fatigued i can tell you he wasn't winded i can tell you he wasn't cramping or anything like that that was a play that trey lance decided was the time for him to keep the ball so it's harder for me to say that it's kyle going through these players the way that he is now to sean's point we can't keep healthy running backs we can't keep healthy quarterbacks. And I know it didn't happen in this game. We go through a couple wide receivers every year as well. We know about the tight end position and George Kittle and things like that. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's reflective of um, you know, that it's reflective of Kyle, you know. So I don't quite know where to place the blame for the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but these aren't things that guys are just fatigued and then injuries are happening you know uh it's not like there was a game that happened what who was the sun who were the two sunday night teams 
the Sunday night game. Oh. Eagles and the Vikings. Right? That was Monday. no, 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 not that's Monday night. It was Sunday night. night game. Right. There was there was a player in the Sunday night game that tried to leave and go off to the sideline, and the coach said, "No, stay, stay, stay." And then there was an interception. It ended up being a pick six, but the player was just winded and couldn't chase the guy who intercepted the ball. And he was the target on the next play. He was supposed to run a route. Oh, he Packers didn't complete the route. Packers and Bay. Okay. He didn't complete the route. It was an interception. And the guy was just tired. Like, why would you even throw it to me when I'm tapping my helmet to get out? I haven't seen that happen with Kyle. You understand what I'm saying? So I can't really say that Kyle goes through players like drill bits. Now, yes, the offense goes through players like drill bits. I do agree with that part of it. But I can't blame that solely on the coach i can't it's not a lot of it's not a lot of soft tissue injuries like that happening for that side of the ball in my opinion maybe i'm wrong i don't have the numbers to back this up or anything like that what are your guys thoughts on it um like i said it ain't cause fault in the discussion players get injured they get injured it has nothing to do with the head coach can the head coach go to the training staff and be like hey what the f are you doing why are my players keep getting injured yes and i'm sure that's something that he does uh but at the end of the day it comes down to the players to the conditioning and some of these injuries are just freaking like freaks of nature bro like i like like the trey lance injury like it's one of them football injuries that can happen to anybody at any given moment. It could have happened to a running back. It could have happened to an offensive lineman. It could have happened to anybody if they got their ankle landed on and rolled on. You know what I'm saying? And so remember when Jimmy got his high ankle sprain, it wasn't like I, his might have been intentional, but like not him getting it, but like a player actually taking it and rolling it and twisting it. Like this wasn't that. This wasn't with intent. This was just – Yo, I'm going to make the tackle. I'm coming to help you make the tackle. And then, bam, weight, gravity, force, boom, injury. So it, a lot of players do seem to be getting injured other than this 49ers regiment. We do lead the league in injuries. We have been, leading, we have been leading the league in injuries for the every season Kyle Shanahan has been head coach. It's so funny you say that. Someone's TV is on. I don't know. I don't know whose TV I can hear right now, but someone, someone's TV has got some audio I can hear. But it's funny you say that. I I told you guys I did a Patreon for forty minutes, and that was one of my main topics right there. It was that. <laughs> I swear to God, Wayne. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm not making this up. You, we talk about how in sync we are. It's like our periods are aligned or something. But <laughs> it, it's uh, it's crazy. I I mentioned that in my Patreon rant tonight. It was that you know. This team has led the league in injuries since Kyle Shanahan and his staff have been here. But and could that it's be? not just them because they've switched coaching staffs, uh, uh, strength and conditioning but, staffs. Okay, but this is why I like Sean's comment because he's making us think outside the box. Could it be because of Kyle? Could it be because of Kyle's style of play calling, Kyle's style of game planning, Kyle's style of like the way he wants his players to play, could that maybe be- it's, maybe it's practice? Maybe practice is attributing to it. I don't know. It, it it's possible. Like I don't know. Any, like any of these injuries from all these other teams pile up in the worst way, like you do the 49ers. Now, I'm not saying other teams don't get players injured. Damn, it's like the 49ers every season. We've been doing with dealing with this. Is our sixth season that we've been dealing with this? Six. 
and it's always a detrimental player to the team, right? It's not it's like it's not a depth player. No disrespect, not hating on our depth. I'm just saying, it's always one of those players that you just need. You you know, you <laughs> the starter. He part of the all twenty two. And it, it's funny because a couple of times in the game, watching it live, I felt like Bosa needed to go to the sideline, and that motherfucker would not go out, bro. Bosa is like he he's a different type of animal. Like I kept saying, like yo, Bosa needs to chill. He's winded. He's moving from the right side to the left side, left side to the right side. He's going back and forth. He, he's doing two plays on one side, one play on the other side. He never played all three in, in any series, like on the same side. Bosa was moving back and forth like a freaking madman. And I'm like, please, can we give him a break? Can we? He's getting double teamed. He's getting triple teamed. They were triple teaming Nick Bosa and giving everybody else one-on-ones. Like I'm like, how is this sustainable? Nick Bosa can't keep going through this. And that man, he, he's a freaking machine. Now, again, that's the defense. That's not Kyle Shanahan. That's not the offense side of the ball. But that was the only player I saw where I felt that he needed a break. And Bosa wasn't tapping helmets. He wasn't saying, hey, I need to come out. Bosa was just, all right, next play. Here we go. He's just like pro. I, it's something about them Bosa dudes. They, they are wired different. But, you know, Tony, what are your thoughts on this, man? Uh, never seen someone choke and blow it like our coach go through players like drill bits. You could take both comments there. Uh is Kyle a choke artist, you know? And, and I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I'm done talking about it. Huh? I'm done talking about it. I have nothing further to say about it. Uh, I'm just done talking about it because it's ridiculous. It absolutely is ridiculous. All right. No one has mentioned this. They got 12 fucking penalties versus the Bears. They got one this game. One. No one is saying that. They That's dominate. Cool. They cool. dominate Seattle at home for the first time in years. No one's saying that. Those were all coaching. Granted, Seattle's not the team they were. 100%. I'll give you that. But they beat Denver. They're coming in high. They were on a roll. They had momentum. They, they had confidence. And the 49ers just put the gabosh to them. Okay? After losing their starting quarterback. They shut them down defensively. No offensive touchdowns. I think they crossed the 50 twice. Okay? And you want to talk about coaching and balanced? How about these numbers for you? 184 passing, 189 rushing. You're not going to have a much more balanced attack than that. You're not. And I, I'm. You can call me a Shanahan homer. I don't give a shit. What this guy does, there's reasoning behind it. Is he perfect? No, he's not. I'll be the first to tell you there's, he's not perfect. But to sit here and constantly put on him, oh, he's this. He got this one hurt. He's killing these guys. He's doing this. He's doing that. He sucks. He can't call a good game. Bro, the stats don't lie. The stats don't lie. 189 rushing and 184 passing, you're not going to get more balanced than that. One penalty from 12, come on. I'm tired of the Kyle bashing. I talk know, about it. Everyone has their opinions. I, I I understand that. You could talk your shit. That's fine. But we've been on this show for two hours, and it's been nothing but blaming Kyle. In the chat. Not here. In the chat. Yeah, yeah. In the okay. chat. Let's be very, very clear what we're talking about. I don't think anybody here has actually said that Kyle Shanahan is at fault for the injury. Now, Wayne, I don't know if you feel that way. Let's let's just straight up ask you before we get to I said, I uh, said the 49er reason. hive 
49ers have is next, but uh, do you believe that the injury to our quarterback is the fault of Trey Lance? You can give me a simple yes or no. You can give me a yes or no with explanation, and then we'll go to Tony, and then we'll go to me. Do I think the injury of our quarterback is at fault of because of Trey Lance or because of Kyle? No, Shanahan? Because of Kyle Shanahan. Oh, you said Trey Lance. Oh, but anyway, uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's cause fault. Oh, I've been saying God. that whole episode. Uh, it's just point blank. Period. Like, foot, injuries are going to happen in football. It's not. It's, it's not the coach's fault that a player gets injured on a, a play call. That's that's not how football works. You don't. Coaches don't call plays and be like, yo, I'm going to call this play, but you might get injured on this play. Now, that's not how you play football. You call plays, you execute this play, you're going to score a touchdown. That's the only thing I want to know and want to hear from my coach. If I'm a player, coach, how are we going to get in this end zone? Oh, run this fucking play the exact way I say it, and then you'll get in the end zone. Trust me. Now, before Tony gives his answer here, I want to let you guys know tomorrow we have a bonus episode. We do Tuesdays, we do Thursdays here. Uh, but tomorrow we have a bonus episode previewing the game from the opponent's side. We have Benjamin Albright. You, if you guys don't know who Benjamin Albright is, why are you on Twitter? Benjamin Albright is somebody who is very tapped in with the NFL, the man. with the Broncos. Yes, Benjamin Albright is a very, very good friend of the show. He will be on tomorrow night. So make sure you guys are locked in. I wanted to mention this earlier, but I forgot to. Uh, we're doing it now. So make sure you guys have your notifications turned on. He is not ironed down a time with me, so it is imperative that you guys have your notifications turned on for tomorrow night's show. Now, you can watch it on the rewatch, but I'm sure you guys are going to want to ask some questions during the live show. Make sure you guys have the notifications on. He is guaranteed to me, as of now, at this moment, that he will be on tomorrow night. So make sure you guys are locked in, all right? Um, Tony, your thoughts on this, man? Kyle's fault. I'm, I'm what I'm, I'm I'm lost. I'm sorry. Kyle's fault. No, it's not Kyle's fault. Oh my god. How <laughs> I've seen all week all, all since the game has been over. Oh my god, there's RG3 all over again. Kyle didn't really want RG3. He didn't really want Trey Lance. He wanted that's the other quarterback. He, that's, that's he wanted the pocket passer. So he ruined he ruined Trey Lance. Can I ask you a question? RG3. Do you guys do you guys remember RG3's injury? Yes. What was it? I remember I, what the injury was or what he was doing to get injured. Both. Well, Wasn't he – he tore his ACL running down the left sideline. I thought it was the right sideline. One of the sidelines, and yeah. someone took his leg right out. That's what it was. So can I ask you, how is that on Kyle Shanahan? Like Kyle was supposed to know that there was going to be a defensive player that's going to come and try to take out your ACL. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? Like, that's what people are thinking. Well, it, it depends on what they're talking So, in September of 2009, we talk about the main injury that got him hurt. The main one, the very first one. Well, two, that was 2009. You guys talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Well, uh, he, just, had, he had a, hear me out, he had a concussion in, in October. 2012. We're not talking about the concussion, Mike. We're talking about the one where you the the LCL sprain in December. No, he tore his knee up. He took a direct hit to his right knee from the Baltimore defensive tackle, uh, Haloti Nada. No, finished the game, but he was limping around. That's not the one you're talking about. 
No, he 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 had an oh. open path to the sideline. He was running down the field, and a guy came in. The wild card game. Foot. Huh? The wild card game. That's what you're talking about. The playoff yeah. game. Yeah. All right. He hurt his right knee in the wild card game against the Seahawks. Um, and that was him running down the sideline. And that's when Trent Williams smacked Richard Sherman. And Robert Griffin said after the game, I put myself at more risk by being out there and running. But it's Kyle Shanahan's fault, right? I'm just telling you what I'm telling you what he said. I'm looking at no, I know. I'm just saying it's Kyle Shanahan's fault. Well, I mean, it's funny because when you listen to RG3 speak, he's not saying that Kyle Shanahan shouldn't run Trey Lance. He's saying that's one of Trey Lance's attributes, and Kyle Shanahan should take advantage of that. And he was the guy that got hurt. So he under Kyle Shanahan and like and those guys. If RG3 is not blaming them. Why are we trying to compare these two guys and these two injuries? They're totally different. They're totally different. And I think RG3's play wasn't even a design run. Y'all talking about y'all want our quarterback to ra- – you you rather have him scramble opposed to the design runs. It's crazy, man. Like, like guys, it's injuries, man. Like, it's the sport where you're going to get injured at some point. How many times we watch – who? Jeff Wilson Jr. got injured getting out of a chair. Shit it's happened. Funny. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. That no, Kyle Shanahan's fault, though? Was that Jeff Wilson Jr.'s fault for sitting in a chair? Like, not, you know, not a lot of people realize this, but Jeff Wilson Jr. was a receiver at North Texas. Oh, he's got good hands. Pause. That's why I said he's been, he's the best receiving back on the team, but we don't use him that way. But go ahead, Tony. But what I'm trying to translate this – that – Statement two is you're asking this guy to be in every down back due to injuries now. He's a former slot receiver. Like, if you look at just Jeff Wilson's stature, he looks more of a receiver than he does a running back. So that's why, in my opinion, I can't see him going as the full cowbell carrying of the offense, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, listen, let him run, go with the hot hand, but you better have someone coming in and taking the load off of him. So, you know, it's it, it, it's all this. Everyone yeah. points, this one's full, that one's full. No, it, it, it shit happens. Shit happens. Football. And I agree. I agree with you, right? Like Jeff Wilson Jr. makes you think, like, should he be the bell cow, right? But until he can't handle it, he can handle it. I haven't seen a game where Jeff Wilson Jr. just flat out gets injured from overuse. I haven't seen it yet. His injuries don't happen on the playing field. His significant injuries happen mm-hmm. in the fucking locker room. Mm-hmm. If you you want to blame somebody, blame Stanley for the fucking fold up chair. That's the that's the brand of the chair that he was sitting in. It was Stanley. Blame Stanley for the fold up chair. That messed him up for the season. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I understand what Wayne is saying. I understand what Tony is saying. It's not it's not that. It's not that Jeff Wilson Jr. has been a running back in the NFL for six seasons. That's it. There's nothing else we can do about it. Nothing else we can say about it. That that's that's where he's been. How many injuries on the field have you seen Jeff Wilson take? It's one. That's it. That's it. Let's get to a couple more super chats here. Wayne, I know you got to jump out soon, so I apologize if you got to leave in the middle of this one here. Uh, but can you at least read this one for us from our guy, 
uh, Zach at 49ers Hive. I believe this is Zach. It might be Matt. I don't know. Maybe Anthony, but uh, let me know. What, read this one here and let's, let's break this down. All right. Shout out to 49ers Hive. Thank you for the contribution. Do season expectations change now that we aren't granting a developmental period for Trey? If it's Jimmy, there aren't any excuses anymore. <laughs> so what he's saying is this, right? Oh, I know exactly what he's saying. Because this is what I said last night on Nitty Gritty Niners. There's no excuses. I don't well, want to There's more pressure on Kyle now. No, no. I, I disagree. I was more. Right. Now I'm talking this about more good. Go ahead. No, I'm talking about excuses too. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about excuses too. Let me ask you guys this question. If Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the 49ers 2022 starting quarterback, do they draft Danny Gray? No. Literally crickets in the background. I just Can said you guys no. hear them or no. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, I hear him. But I said no because uh, that, that doesn't fit that doesn't fit Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't fit Jimmy Garoppolo. But you also don't have to utilize Danny Gray this year because you have receivers. So J Jimmy has the guys that he's used to, and the only other guy he's got to get used to as far as timing is Ray Ray McLeod, and he hit him pretty good in this game. Like, I, I saw a couple of nice throws. You know what I'm saying? So do, are you going to are you going to utilize Danny Gray's speed down the field? No. But, hey, this could be a developmental session for Danny Gray because you didn't draft Danny Gray just to run nine routes, bro. Danny Gray's got to learn his route tree. And so this could be a good situation for Danny Gray to get better at running routes. But to be clear, your answer is no. You to be don't clear, my him. answer is no. I don't okay. think you draft you, Danny Gray with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go opposite. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you watch his tape, at um, lot, well, not Louisiana attack us uh, SMU. Mm -hmm. You know, I seen him take a lot of sl slants to the house, a lot of shallow crosses, a lot of slants, and I think those that kind of those aren't routes though. So like, so like th that's yeah. that, I agree with you. A slant to me is not a not a not a route. It's like beating your guy off the thing and just running and the ball be right there. Like that's not really a a, a route. I, I guess my thing with Danny Gray is he struggles trying to get open off of his routes and so i think that's kind of where i'm looking at but I, I i agree with you i he does do that and he can be utilized and that's why i said this could be good for him tony with a guy like jimmy garoppolo who likes to get the ball out quick and you, if you could utilize that speed so i get i get where tony's coming from this is dope like maybe you do draft him because he can get i prefer that what's that kid uh out of kansas i would have preferred like a khalil shakur for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I like the Danny Gray guy. I, I like where Tony's going with this. Before Tony responds to what you're saying, who was the uh, the poor man's Debo Samuel in this draft? What was his name? Traylon Burks. That's the guy I was thinking. That fucking Burks. I think if Jimmy's your quarterback, that's the court. That's the wide receiver you target. Yeah, another yak guy. That's the guy you target. Another Debo Samuel. If Jimmy's your quarterback, there's no way in hell my opinion that you target a guy like Danny Gray with that kind of speed that limit that limited intermediate route running if Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback Tony what say you no I mean 
I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just think the speed element that he brings, Danny Gray, I just feel the speed element that if they can get the ball in his hands quick, I think it's it's tough. And I'm not talking just slants. I mean, he could do a shallow crosser. He could do when Kyle comes out with the level concepts, concepts out of the shotgun, get the ball out, get it to him quick, and let him just go downfield and, and and see what they can get. I mean, and then eventually he could develop into a wide receiver. But speed is speed. Whether you run straight down the field or you get it quick and then you turn your burners on and you're still running away from people. So it's about getting the ball in his hands and try to get him going. And, you know, we'll see. All right. And so to the question here from 49ers Hive, which I think is a good question, let's go in reverse. Actually, no, because I know Wayne's on limited time here. Let's go back to Wayne. We, we did our season predictions. We talked about how many games we expected to win and we assumed Trey Lance would be the starter. Number one question for you, Wayne. Just answer it with a number, and then I, I got something else for you. How many wins did you expect the 49ers to have in the regular season with Trey Lance as a starter? I can't remember if I said 12 or 13. It was one okay. of those two numbers. Okay. So now that, yeah. now that Trey Lance is gone mm-hmm. and Jimmy is here, mm-hmm. Trey Lance goes one and one as a starter. How does that change your season prediction for the 49ers? Trey Lance goes 0-1 as a starter. Jimmy Garoppolo wins this game. No, well, Trey Lance started, so it's going to go as a start. It's going to go as a win in the in the win column for him. Okay. All right, so Trey Lance is 1-1. One one. Do So you're saying, how do I feel with Jimmy now being the quarterback? Mm-hmm. I still think we win 12 or 13 games. So it doesn't change for you. It doesn't change for me. Interesting. All right, Tony, what do you say? I say 11 and 6. Either way. So it doesn't change for you either. If I think, I think if anything, it puts more pressure on Kyle now because Jimmy got them to, well, Jimmy was on the team that got to the NFC Championship game last year. We all know Jimmy didn't do shit, but Jimmy was on the team. The defense is better so far than it was last year, and I just feel Kyle's got to get back to that because, you know, he did it with him last year, and now he's got a better defensive line, a, a better defensive unit. You know, he, I think I think there's more pressure on Kyle now than there was with Trey Lance, to be honest with you. Hmm. I, I agree with Tony as far as his perspective when it comes to why. Like, so, look. I really thought that the defense can carry this team the majority of the season. I kept saying we had a top two defense. I'm not going to change that shit. I think it's number one or number two. It's one of the two, right? And that's what I've been predicating my prediction base off of this defense. Now, the defense is going to get better because they're going to get healthier players coming back, healthier starting level players to come back to the defense. So I'm only going to think that the defense is going to continue to ride this hot wave as long as they stay healthy. Now, as far as the quarterback, I felt like Trey Lance – had the ability to help this team win these games. And I think that it's no different with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, whatever quarterback you had plugged in here, 
was going to be able to win and ride or predicated off what the defense was going to do. They're going to keep the games close. They're going to give you opportunities. Now the offense got to go out there and capitalize off them. We didn't get a chance to watch Trey Lance capitalize on offense, but we watched Jimmy Garoppolo just capitalize on offense. So I think that's what the plan was. I just, I think it's can't remember if I had 11. It was between 11 to 13. I don't think I picked 13. I might have picked 11 and six like Tony. I can't remember. Either way, I think the it's the same. All right. My expectations change. Not in the regular season, though. It's only in the postseason. Okay. Well, okay. You I think that you, no, no, I know, no, no, I know, I know, I know. And I got to change it up just to keep the show going. You know what I'm saying? Um, I thought the Niners were a 12-win team, 11-12 win team with Trey Lance, right? 13 tops. Uh, but that's not really where it counts, right? In my opinion, if Trey Lance played all season long, and you told me if he if he played all season long, and you told me that in the NFC championship game, our opponent only had 20 points. That's how the Rams beat us last year. Only 20 points. I would bet my first child that we win that game. I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers offense can pass 20 points in the NFC championship game. That's where my expectations change. It's not the regular season. So I think we all said the same thing. We are all in agreement that our regular season numbers don't change at all. It's going to be about the same. But the postseason is where I think expectations change. Because the question is, do season expectations change now that we're, we aren't granting a developmental period for Trey? That's what the question is. We said season. He didn't say just regular season. He didn't say postseason. It was just season. So I'm trying to incorporate both. 20 points is a lot for Jimmy Garoppolo to overcome in the postseason. It is. I'm sorry, but it is. If it was Trey Lance getting better game after game after game, I would have all the confidence in the world that we can beat a team that only puts up 20 points. If our defense held, and by the way, that 20 points was the most points scored on us in that entire postseason run. That should have been enough for us to overcome. But it wasn't due to limited. I'm not going to sit here and say due to Jimmy, even though I do believe he was a large part of it, but that's not all I'm hanging hanging my hat on there. Um, the regular season, I think we end up with the same amount of wins. Between 11 and 13 wins. I do think we still finish that same way. What I don't know is how we do in the postseason. The Niners defense was so good last year. We played three, not one, not two, but three of the top 10 scoring offenses in the entire NFL last year. And the highest scoring one was 20 points. And we lost that game. That is a knock on the offense for not being able to outscore them. I think with Lance, we should have, we would have been able to outscore them if he played this whole season. That's the only thing where I, I kind of get a hang up on. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So. All right, guys. That's cool. Uh, if it's Jimmy, there aren't any more excuses. I do think there's excuses. Because I think the reason we try to move on from Jimmy is from Kyle and the coaching staff recognizing that there are limitations with Jimmy. What do you guys say to the second half of this question? Tony, yeah, let's start. Let's, let's, oh, okay. 
Let's go with Tony, then Wayne, I'll, I'll let you go. I know you got to go. Um, <clears throat> he says, if it's Jimmy, there aren't any more excuses. My answer is, there are excuses. There's a reason we wanted to move on from Jimmy. And I think that's where the excuse starts, especially in the Yeah, post-game. I see what you're saying. But I think he's trying to – his point he's trying to say is if being that Jimmy's now back as the starter – this team should be back where they were, where they finished last year. There's no excuses on that point because they did it with he, – ha- he has a better team this year than he did last year. So I think that's where he's trying to label the no excuses as. That's the way I see it. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Jimmy has zero excuses. You got your team. You got your team back. Now go ahead and make it happen. And that that's the no excuses. Jimmy has zero excuses. You're healthy. You're back on the team that you chose. Jimmy chose to be here. Don't act like the 49ers made Jimmy sign the contract for six and a half million dollars. Let's keep that shit one motherfucking hundred, yo. Jimmy said he wanted to be here because this is where he felt like he would fit best. That's a Jimmy Garoppolo and a Don Yee situation. So that's Jimmy. So Jimmy has zero excuses. You chose to be here. You signed this contract. You signed to be a backup quarterback. You signed to be an insurance plan. Now we're trying to cash in. So now it's time for your ass to put up or shut up. There's zero excuses. And I think that's where uh, our guy Zach, Matt, or Anthony are coming from with that contra- with, with that contribution. He has zero excuses. And you took those incentives. It's more than the contract. It's more than the, the, the basics of the contract. Correct. It's the, it's the, the bonus money. Yep. He made an extra $350,000 because not only did he play and take most of the snaps, we won the game. Mm-hmm. It's 250 for playing most of the snaps, another 100,000 every time we win a game. There's a reason he took the contract he did. Yeah, cuz he has to go out and play to earn to prove to everybody he could yes. do this shit. Exactly. So exactly. This, this is that the 49ers lit the fire under Jimmy ass by offering him this type of a contract. Now he has to go out and ball. And don't forget, y'all all forgetting that. Guess what this is? It's a contract year. Listen, that's 100%. And all I'm going to say is, all the Jimmy fans kept saying, look at his record. All he does is win. Let's see it. He went to the podium and even said it himself. It's funny. That don't matter. It's all about winning. He said, you can look at whatever stats you want to look at, but our job is to win games, and that's what I do. All right, so, guys, I'm going to give you guys final thoughts, but I'm going to continue with the Super Chats. I got, like, five or six more to go through. Uh, Let's get you guys final thoughts. I know you guys need to go. I'm going to finish this show up strong. So, you guys go ahead. Uh, Let's start with Wayne. I know he said he had to go first. So, uh, Wayne, your final thoughts here, and then I'll continue with the rest of the Super Chats. I guess my final thoughts is for that. Uh, you know, I just want the faithful to find a way to stay faithful, man. They call us faithful, so we got to figure it out. Like, you know, this is adversity. This is when your faith is tried and tested. Uh, and 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 the good news is the bright side of this is that we have a quarterback that's not the worst quarterback in the league, like coming in to kind of like save the day. And I know we all, including myself, ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but I I have to be the first one to say it. I'm glad that we didn't. 
Because if not, it would be a different type of person into this situation, and then we would really be shitting this season. And then if you ask me if my expectations change, if Brock Purdy was quarterback, I'd be like, oh, we going 2-15 and 15 or whatever. That's a difference. Like, you get what I'm saying? But with Jimmy Garoppolo, guys, look, he's not the greatest, right? But he's not the worst. All right. And so it is what it is. We know what we got with Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see if he can go out there and prove everybody wrong. And that sometimes you need that fire lit in your ass to go out there and prove everybody wrong because everybody's doubting him. We're doubting him. The world, the only people not doubting him is the media. The, the national media feels like Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers, the, the national media, the 49er media, they all feel like Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win. And I don't want to be the person to laugh in your face and say, aha, you're wrong. So Jimmy needs to go out there and do exactly that. He says all he does is win, 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 no matter what. Then let's go out here and get these wins and let's get to this Super Bowl and let's win that game. That's how I'm with it. Ride or die with my Niners, man. I'm faithful all day. You know what it is. I just got to keep it a buck. Wayne, thank you for joining. I really, really appreciate it. And you answered the question I was going to ask you guys on the way out. So that's cool. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and go. You be safe. Give my love to the family. Let my little man Rome know. (laughs) Uncle Mike got him. All right. Send my love to Ricky as well. Okay. Sure, man. All right, bro. You be safe out there. All right. We're going to go with Tony here now. And uh, Tony, you're up, bro. Um, So what Wayne answered that I was going to ask you guys. And I, like I said, I got the show is not over, guys. Don't start leaving. We have a lot more super chats to get to. So please do not leave. Uh, But Tony. He answered this question. I want to ask you guys here. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback now. This is this is what we're facing here. Are you happy now that the Niners kept Jimmy? When you're talking about the franchise, you're talking about what's going to happen throughout the season. Are you now happy? Because I know how you felt. It's well documented. It's well documented. You said, I don't want Lance looking over his shoulder. You know, if this is Lance's team, move on from Jimmy. Cut him if you have to, right? You weren't completely on board with the re-signing and restructure of the contract here. Now that we know what's happened, are you at least now happy that we kept Jimmy Garoppolo? And there's I'm no right or wrong he, answer. I'm happy we kept him over Sudfeld as the backup. Yes. All right. Okay. And give us your final thoughts, bro. Um. Listen, basically what it comes down to is the 2022 season has been a shit one uh, so far. Injuries, the whole situation with Jimmy with his surgery, trying to trade him. There's no, you know, they had an offer on the table. Then there's no offers on the table. Then they're going to cut him. Then Seattle wants him. He's still here. Again, I'm happy he's here instead of Sudfeld. Okay, but now here's here's the flip side of it. Now there's expectations that he's here. He was a part of his team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. So now there's pressure on Kyle to get them back to that point. Some positives. Contract year. He's he's trying to get everything that they did with this guy blew up in their face, right? They freaking agreed to a no no franchise tag. So even if he has a phenomenal year, they can't tag him and trade him. So they literally – Screwed this whole thing up, but he's here. The pressure's on Kyle to get him to perform and to get this team where they were. Now, what we have to hope for as fans, 
He's looking to get another contract from another team. Maybe he goes all out. Maybe he throws the ball all over the field. Maybe he plays with no fear. And maybe he does it. We don't know. I'm not going to put my hopes in the basket, but it's just something that could align to our favors because he does want to get paid with another big contract. Um, you know, the slander versus Kyle, in my opinion, I'm just, I just can't see it. And, and like, you know, I look at every, every way I look at it as a 49er fan. I look at it as a football guy and I look at it as just an outsider. Sometimes I, I take myself off like 49er mode and I just watch it and the creativity in his offense and how he designs things and how his theories are. Is he perfect? No, he's not perfect. I know everyone's in here saying, oh, well, he blew the Super Bowl. Well, that that's an argument that we could have. It's not 100% on him, but we could talk about that another time. But Kyle, Kyle has to get this team to the playoffs because he proved he did it last year. This team's better this year. They have more weapons on offense. I think the offensive line is going to actually turn out to be a strength of this team, believe it or not, by the end of the year. Um, and I think this defense is going to be better than the 19 defense if everyone stays healthy. I like what I'm seeing from this team playing as a unit. They corrected, they corrected the stupid penalties, the late hits and all that shit. One penalty last week, you know, it's all, it's all positive. Like, let this guy do what he does. Stop putting the target on his back and stop blaming him for every little thing, right? Trey Lance, everyone kept saying, why are you run up the middle, design runs? Well, what happens if Kyle ran a bootleg? a naked bootleg, action to the left, roll him to the right. And he's running for the pylon, and, and then, like, you know, he he just pushes off and he ro- he blows his ACL. Is that Kyle's fault? Well, he ran him. Well, he ran a naked bootleg. So take it back to the whole draft process. He wanted to play 11-on-11 football. Trey Lance gives you the, uh, the opportunity to play 11-on-11 football. So – why are we shocked that it's this way? And to be clear, there was only two guys in this entire draft that gave you that option. Yes. That we got Trey Lance. It was Fields or Lance. And the Niners chose to go with the more cerebral guy in Lance. Yeah. 100%. They chose to go with the guy who is the workaholic, the guy who was addicted to studying. And who's more prepared in a pro-style offense. Exactly. I just wanted to put so that in there. I think the slander as far as that has to stop. Um, if the Niners do make it to the Super Bowl and win it, it's not going to be because of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be because this team as a 53, and it's going to be the offense as all 11, and it's going to be the defense as all 11. It's going to be all 22 starters. It's going to be all 25 starters that get it to this team, get this team to the Super Bowl and win, it, and it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. Now, just one thing, and I, I'm going to take it back far. Bill Walsh, when he under Paul Brown, when he invented the West Coast offense and put his touches to it, he used the short passing game to take away the run game, right? So you always see the two backs come out of the backfield to the flats and then the slant, slants underneath. So you would have a high-low in-out read. So these are – ways that Kyle's tinkering to his system, right? 
Bill Walsh created that short passing game to take help take away from the lack of run game. All right. But another thing is Bill Walsh also drafted two fullbacks that could catch the ball. So he had to involve a passing game to take away from the run game. Roger Craig was a fullback in Nebraska, as well as Tom Rathman. I think they were a year or two, a year apart or something. So that's one part of it. And now let's tr- transition to Kyle. So what is he doing? He has a quarterback that can run the ball. So he has uh, a, read, a read option play where he puts stress on one player to make a decision which who's going to carry the ball. And if the, the the defensive end who's not blocked crashes down on the running back, he takes it and runs. If he broke it for 75 yards and a touchdown, no one would be saying anything. But he didn't. He got hurt. No one hit him. His leg got caught. He rolled under it. He did get hit, but the injury wasn't because of a hit to the leg. So I understand people are pissed, but that this is Kyle's way of getting Trey active and getting him acclimated and developing him on the field on the, with live bullets coming at him. He's running the ball, right? Kyle said it. He wants to run the ball every play. Why? Because his offense is based off the run game, which sets up the play-action pass. And then you dial in your deep shots. So I don't understand why people are so shocked about this. They're not used to seeing Jimmy running the ball, and now all of a sudden they bring Trey in and he's running the ball. So I see it. So for all the Jimmy fans, uh, for all the the fans that want to fire Kyle, do you guys want to go back to Mike Nolan, Singletary, Tom Sula, Kelly, Dennis Erickson? You want those days? There's no guarantee to have an up-and-coming young head coach right now to be anywhere near as a play caller or an offensive mind that Kyle Shanahan is. There's nobody. I'm not willing to give up what we have in stability and, and, and the, the culture that's in this building and how tight that locker room is for just to say, oh, I don't want him here no more because of what he did. This guy's been in the NFC Championship two out of the last three years with one Super Bowl appearance. You know how hard that is? Would you give up Kyle Shanahan for Sean Payton? No. Because this team is built for a Kyle Shanahan-type offense. It's not built for a Sean Payton offense. Meaning, Sean Payton wants the guy that's going to sit in the pocket and throw the ball, you know, 30, 40 times a game, stuff like that. And I don't see... Sean coming to San Francisco, which knowing that how what they just invested in Trey Lance, because it's not what he views. If you understand what I'm saying, it's not a knock against Trey Lance, but that's might not be what he views for his offense. So, you know, I just seen someone in here saying they would give up Kyle for Harbaugh. Now, I, I just have some pushback on that because the last year, two years of Harbaugh. The fans were roasting him. Oh, he runs the same play over and over. There's no creativity with the offense. He's trying to make a running quarterback into a pocket passer. But now all of a sudden we want to bring back Harbaugh because people aren't getting what they want, and there's an injury to our quarterback who is a running quarterback. Nonetheless, has the ability to run. So it, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, like, where, where are we going right here? Right. Like, and, and people have to remember that Harbaugh had – 
a healthy quarterback for all four years. Shanahan has had a healthy quarterback for only two. And both of those years, it was at least the NFC Championship as well. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as far as final results. What I will say is the offense was more diverse with Shanahan than it was with Harbaugh. 100%. 100%. What, and, and just a quick observation, and I'm not trying to just go off of and, and, and try to play the devil's advocate here. In my personal opinion, the reason why I said six to seven weeks before we see this offense take that step is because I think Kyle needed to evolve as a play caller to get into a script and a rhythm for a Trey, a Trey Lance-style quarterback and how he can get everybody together meshing. Because I'll be the first to tell you, versus Chicago, the offense didn't look as crisp. And I'm not going to say by design. It just felt like the alignments were off, like the, the motions weren't, the, a lot of pre-shift motions weren't there as much. Then we saw it in this game in the beginning. It was kind of like, okay, what are we doing? You have Debo here. You have this one here. Then he started running the running back all the way flanked out to the opposite side of the formation with Debo in the backfield. So it's kind of like Kyle was trying to get his rhythm and find out where his spot was with Trey Lance and the play calling as far as, okay, this formation works well with this style of play call because this is new. This type of like offense that he created for Trey, it's a little bit new with the alignments and stuff and the motions and the checks and stuff like that. And not to mention it's a newer offensive line, so they would have to gel together as one as well. Um, but it's not an excuse. It's a learning curve for Kyle as well. So with that being said was, and what really sold it to me is when, once Trey went down and I saw Jimmy come in, you kind of saw the 49er offense. And you kind of see it fall right back into that groove. Again, it's because they played together. They've won together. They've been on the field together. They know each other. They know the, where to be in the field. And, it, again, I'm not sticking up for Jimmy whatsoever. Trey Lance is the quarterback of the 49ers. I'm a 49er fan. I can't wait to see Trey Lance take this team to that next level. But, unfortunately, we can't. And the reason why we can't is because of an injury. And it's not an injury because of Kyle Shanahan. It's an injury that happened in football. So with that being said, I just think this offense was going to be something special this year, but it got kiboshed due to the injury. But I think the way this – what we're back to, this team is good at what we're back to. Now, if it was the other way around where they had to go, oh, shit, Jimmy's our guy, and we have to go to a rookie. I think that would have been a problem too, because now he would have to curtail that whole ten other players to get on the the, the level of playing with Trey Lance. So what happened this way, I think, is going to make the offense better as a team, and I think they're going to play as far as Jimmy could take them offensively. But I do think this team will make a push, and I do think there's pressure on Kyle to get this team to make a push because of how good this defense is and how where they were last year. They were, what, eight minutes away from going to the NFC Championship game. What, eight, ten minutes? It is what it is, right? The injury happened. We have to roll with Jimmy. There could be a possibility Jimmy gets hurt. You mean the Super Bowl. We were already in the NFC Championship, but you mean the Super Bowl. No, I mean, no, last year. 
I'm saying getting back to where we I were last year to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, okay. The okay. NFC Championship game. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, we just have to we, we just have to sit and watch it, man. And again, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I'm not a Trey Lance. I am a Trey Lance fan, but I am not. I'm a 49er fan. That's who I am. That's who Mike is. That's who Nick is. That's who Wayne is. That's what we are. We are 49er fans. So we're going to cheer for this team, whether it's Purdy, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Trey. And if Jimmy gets hurt, he's going to put Purdy out yeah. there. And we're going to see what Purdy could do. So yeah. it is what it is. But, you know, you have to adjust. For sure. I, for one, hopes and believe that Trey Lance will be back this regular season. Um, I'm not going to put words in anybody else's mouth. I want to see the development of Trey Lance. I saw major adjustments from the Bears game to just the first quarter with Trey Lance and this game. It was not the same offense. It was not the same game plan, not the same scheme. Uh, I really, really liked what I saw from this team. Uh, the difference in the in the two games was phenomenal. Uh, Tony, you don't have to leave right now. You can leave whenever you want. I'm going to continue with the Super Chats. You can stay. You can go. Whenever you decide to drop out, you just go ahead and drop out. But thank you for jumping in. Thank you, Breezy, for jumping in. I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys feel better. I hope you guys get some rest. And salute and respect, love and appreciation to you guys and your families. All right, the the uh, significant others and the children. I appreciate Same you. Guys. I'm going to bed. <laughs> all right, guys. I got a lot more super chats to get to here. So thank you all for sticking with me so far. Uh, this next one here is from Tanya. She says, "What up, Mike?" Boom. She says, uh, "What up, family? Mike, it was awesome to finally meet you, Tanya. You waited all night for the super chat." be shown on screen i want to thank you for your patience yes it was a blast meeting you however brief it was hopefully next time i'm out there 49ers versus the uh, buccaneers is the next time i'm out there uh, hopefully we can spend some more time together maybe we can get together on the day before the game we can chill out pre-game whatever it is we can kick it you guys tanya seow phenomenal human being 100% great person, even better soul, like just the spirit of this person. You know, when you walk into a circle, you can just feel certain people's auras and hers is A plus. It's all the way at the top. I absolutely loved it. I truly and sincerely enjoyed it. Tiny, thank you so much for uh, just the couple of seconds that I had to enjoy your presence. I really do appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the next time. Uh, she was phenomenal. I met a lot of good people out there. I saw a lot of good people out there. Uh, you guys were fantastic. So I want to thank you for that, Tanya. So, so, so much. Uh, Jaguayo is the next Super Chat comment here. He says, uh, team must stay disciplined and we will be okay. And by team, I'm going to say the defense. The defense absolutely has to stay disciplined. Um, you know, the offense is going to be up and down, which sucks, right? Because this is a Kyle Shanahan-led team. If you think Kyle Shanahan, you think offensive guru, you think offensive genius, that's run game, that's pass game, that is scripting calls, that is off-script off plays and things like that, Kyle Shanahan is the genius that you want your team to be run by. 
Uh, but if the defense stays disciplined, if the defense does their jobs, Kyle Shanahan can win 90% of his games. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, so it's really important that we have a good defensive coordinator. Jaguayo, thank you so much for the super chat. I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully, the Niners don't let us down. I think we're still a playoff team. And not only are we a playoff team, there is not a team in the entire NFC that I fear. You think of the best teams in the NFC. Once we make it to the big dance, I don't care if it's Cowboys, Packers, Buccaneers. I'm not afraid of any of those fucking teams. I think the Niners have a really, really, really good shot at beating those guys when the game is on the line. So that's why I like this one here. Uh, stay disciplined, and we got this. We got this, all right? Uh, Raphael, he is the next Super Chat. He says, over under, Purdy starting two games. Great question here. Um, if I if I had to put money on it, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get injured. He's going to miss at least one game. <laughs> It's going to depend on the injury with how many he ends up missing. Whew, two games for Jimmy Garoppolo, but is Trey Lance back by the time Garoppolo is injured? That's the question. I am on the bandwagon that Trey Lance comes back before the end of the season. So in order for Purdy to get injured and play two games, it's got to be uh, week eight or before. Ah, This is tough, man. I'm going to go with the under. I think Purdy only starts one game, but I think he will be the backup for two, the number one backup for two. Take it for what it's worth. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with the under here. All right. Uh, if Purdy has to start two games or more, we're in a lot more trouble than we want us to be. All right. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Scott Hill is the next person up. He says, hey, guys, great stuff. Have you guys talked about Huff and Gibson? Listen, man, I have this. Uh, I have this graphic here from PFF, and I don't know if we actually discussed it or not, but I will break it down for you right now. Boom. David Lombardi tweeted out, PFF's five top-graded safeties in the NFL to start the 2022 season. Number one, Mika Fitzpatrick, first-round pick. Talanoa Hufunga, 49ers, not a first-round pick. Mike Edwards, not a 49ers pick. Jamal Adams, not a 49ers pick. Tayshawn Gibson Sr., 49ers. Guys, this team is playing so freaking well. All right? Both of these guys, well, I'm going to say both of these guys are backups. I think we expected Talano Hufunga be, to be the strong safety for the season. And he is playing out of his mind. I have come on the show and I've given Talano Hufunga a little bit of shit for the way he is at the podium, the soft-spoken giant and all that stuff, right? We saw it with Troy Palomalu, the soft, calm demeanor and things like that. But Hufunga is the real deal. Let me tell you guys right now, he is the real deal. He's a beast out there. Tipping passes, intercepting passes. Fumble, force fumbles, all that. Anything you want your strong safety to do, Talanoa Hufunga does it. I am a believer in Talanoa Hufunga. TH is the man. I I love Talanoa Hufunga. He should absolutely be the guy out there going forward. Look at me. I got a hair out of place. There we go. Um, I love Talanoa Hufunga. And Gibson filling in admirably 
for the injured Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward is definitely a better safety than than uh, Tyshawn Gibson, but he's really freaking good. He is filling in really, really well, and that's why the Niners go out and they sign safeties uh, that are veterans, right? Not just some guys who are unproven, not just some guys who they have. Uh, oh, we, we got a little bit of tape on him. We think he'd be okay. That's Hufunga. Gibson is a guy who's proven in the NFL, proven on special teams. He is, he is a really, really good guy, and I am happy. I want to applaud the 49ers. I want to applaud Scott Hill. Let me let me give you a real applause. Let me give you a real applause. Where is it? Hold on a second. Boom. All right. These guys have been playing out of their minds. They've been doing a phenomenal job at the safety position. The 49ers have the best safety group in the NFL when you're talking about duos. We have the best one so far, and our best safety is not even on the field. What else could you want? What else could you possibly want? I love it, Scott. Thank you for the super chat, man. The Niners are in a great position, and we can only get better from here on out. We're, we're two weeks away from Jimmy Ward returning if it's only a four-week injury. If it's only a four-week injury. We'll see what happens. We have to see how it play out, plays out. But, man, the communication in the secondary, uh, I can't tell you how many times I saw Hufunga playing strong safety, looking back at guys, pointing guys in the right position, uh, telling guys to get over, move. This is what you need to be doing. He's here. It's not just a physical thing. He is mentally ready for the game. He can handle it. I love what I'm seeing, Scott. Phenomenal super chat. Thank you so much for it. Okay. Uh Black Orchid 772. Uh, why put Trey back out there when players don't want him back out there? Great question. Um, I'm gonna say this. All right. She's asking a very good question, but I don't believe that the players don't want Trey out there. I was hoping the guys got to this, uh, but they didn't touch it on it. All right. There are people out there saying that. George Kittle has been healthy all along, but he didn't want to play with Trey Lance. There were people saying that their um, Debo Samuel was not happy that Trey Lance was a starter, and so you know we had to we had to worry about what kind of player we were going to get from Debo Samuel. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo out there. I don't believe it. I don't subscribe to that. I think that these players want to win no matter who their starting quarterback is. So Black Orchard. I orchid, sorry. I truly believe that these guys want to be out there no matter what it is. Now, <clears throat> fast forward to, to for to today. Fast forward to Sunday, Monday, when we play uh the Broncos. Okay. I don't think George Kittle is gonna be out there. And not for nothing, I kind of need this to happen for me to be right. Everyone says George Kittle's been healthy all along, Mike. He can go out there and play whenever he's ready but he didn't want to play with Trey Lance. I don't buy it. I don't. I think this team wants to go out there. They want to win. They want to be a part of the winning culture here in San Francisco. I think the guys with the C on their chest, the captains, George Kittle being one of them, is someone, they, they are people who deserve it. I don't think they're going to isolate individual players. It was a rumor that they are happier with Jimmy Garoppolo. That is the people from the outside who don't watch this team. I don't believe it. Because anybody who was inside the organization, anybody who was close to this team, they all felt and believed that Jimmy Garoppolo would be gone. 
Okay. I am a person who said, if it was up to me, I would keep Jimmy. I would restructure his contract, sign him as a backup and keep him here. That said, I believe that Jimmy would be gone when the start of the season happened. He's still here. Okay. And so I know that the outside people felt even stronger about that. He's still here. Thank God. Knock on wood, whatever glass, whatever you got over there. All right. Uh, I'm happy that he's here. And I think these players want to play with whoever it is. I think the players trust Kyle. I think the players get to build a rapport with the quarterback throughout the offseason. And I think that the players love Trey Lance. They love his work ethic. They love his desire to be the best quarterback on the field in any given situation. I think they respect it. So I don't think they want it just Jimmy out there. All right. The Super Bowl window is now, but it wasn't contingent on Jimmy Garoppolo. I truly believe that. All right. Jaguaya was the next one here. He says, uh, Trey's Twitter message shows great attitude. And the only message that I've seen from Trey Lance is, um, I'm healing up. I'm going to be better. Uh, the the fall down, the, the, the knockdown is not going to be as good as the comeback or whatever it is. All the little expression that you could possibly say for a quarterback. And I agree with you, Jaguayo. Uh, Trey Lance is encouraged. He is motivated. I think he's coming back, not next season, this season. That's how much I believe in this guy. That's how much I believe in this team. I think that Trey Lance is coming back, and there's not a damn thing anybody can do to stop him. All right? We've seen four to six weeks. We've seen eight to 12 weeks. Whatever it is, I think he comes back this season. There's 15 games left. There's 16 weeks left. There's the postseason. I think Trey Lance comes back, and Kyle's going to have to make a decision. He's going to have to play Trey Lance when it's all said and done. And I think he's going to do the right thing. I really, really do. Riggs and Murtaugh, I believe you are up next. He says, uh, Jimmy said that he felt free against Seattle. He played free. He played different. A lot of people aren't talking about this, man. Jimmy got outside the hashes. Jimmy got down the field. Jimmy got outside the numbers. Jimmy was throwing the ball all over the place. Fuck, I don't care about incomplete. I don't care about batted down. It was the fact that he was willing to make these chances. He was willing to throw those balls. And I love it. I love it from Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? And if we get that Jimmy all year long, it will keep defenses on their toes. They won't crowd the box as much. We can be much more successful even than what we were last year. And last year, we made it to the NFC Championship. So if Jimmy can keep this up, we're in good hands. We are in really, really good hands. He says, does Kyle force the middle of the field throws that everyone hates to open the outside run game? Yes. The short answer is yes. Kyle does game plan that way. He will do certain things in the first first quarter to open up things later on in the game. We got to be patient, though, guys. All right? We have to be patient. Kyle Shanahan is a well-calculated offensive coordinator. He is a well-calculated head coach. He's going to do what's best for his players. He's going to do what's best for everybody, individually and everybody as a team, as a unit. So he will set some things up. He will do a lot of the stuff in one area of the field in the first half, not just the first quarter, in the first half to set things up later on. Get teams thinking, I'm going to do this, and then later on, boom, hit them with the kibosh and switch it up. So, Riggs, I really appreciate your super chat. Thank you so much for it. 
uh airplane mode is next i don't know how you have reception if you're in airplane mode he says and i quote i mean shanahan accountable for anything y'all giving him a pass he's a great play designer not play caller we talked about this ad nauseum tonight in tonight's show uh wayne gave his thoughts uh tony gave his thoughts our resident gm i gave my thoughts i think shanahan is phenomenal at all the above okay if you want to talk about player management um managing men maybe i would agree with you but as far as a play caller uh, accountability shanahan takes it right there on the chin he doesn't run from it he doesn't duck from it kyle shanahan is a really 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 good head coach kyle shanahan is an even better offensive coordinator we just got to stay patient guys we have to stay patient look at the score after the first quarter look at the score at the end of the game that's kyle okay so i'm gonna say that's kyle uh bailey aust thank you for the super chat uh they say here uh after trey gets back healthy someone hired jordan palmer and chris hess to help lance with throwing motion chris hess is a baseball player i'm not 100 sure who jordan palmer is um uh, I, I wish I had Wayne here. I wish I had, I had Tony here to know exactly who these people are. I'm not going to Google them now, but next show, maybe on Patreon, I'll do a breakdown of who they are. But um, I can say this with confidence. Chris Hess was a, a, a good baseball player. Um, I don't know if he's in the coaching. Maybe he is. You might know a little bit more than me about that. But I'm not trying to change Trey Lance this season. Maybe in the offseason. Uh, but when he's healthy, which should be around week 15 or so, I'm not trying to change anything. I want this guy to go out there with confidence. I want him to go out there thinking that he knows what the offensive game plan is, and I want him to execute. I don't want to see changes, not in the middle of the season. I don't care that he's sitting for that long. I don't want to see it. So uh, that's just my personal opinion. Know the playbook. Know your players. Get out there and execute. We'll see what happens. But thank you so much for the super chat educating us. Uh, you give me something to look up. I got. I have to find out who Jordan Palmer is. I do. I don't know who Jordan Palmer is, so thank you for that. Uh, Jaguayo is back again. At NBN, Trey Twitter message shows he has great attitude. This is a phenomenal way to end the show. This is a great comment to wrap the show up on. All right? After Trey Lance's injury, he shows a, a picture of him in the boot with the cast on he's in bed he's smiling he got the thumbs up he's giving the peace all that all that shit whatever it is he's doing with his hands i don't fucking know i don't remember i will be back this will not break me i'm i'm paraphrasing guys i'm telling you guys what i what i felt from reading the message this will not break me this will not stop me this will not discourage me i'm gonna be back better than what i was than what you last saw. That's all you can ask for. That is all you can ask for in a player to keep that mindset. The mind is 80% in the battle. You get the mind right, the body will follow. You hear people say all the time, you kill the head, you take off the head, the body will die. That is true. It works in reverse. The mind is the most powerful muscle in the entire body. It can dictate what the rest of the muscles and the body does. So I like this from Trey Lance. Jaguar, you are absolutely correct. 
Trey Lance went out there. He made it very, very clear that he's going to be, uh, you know, focused. He's going to go out there and try to make sure that we bring home a little bit more. It's not just going to be, oh, well, let's see what Jimmy does for us, and we're going to go home from there. That's not how he feels. That is not how he feels. Um, I'm going to come back. Not only am I going to come back, I'm going to be better. Not only am I going to be better, I'm going to be mentally prepared as well. What more could you want from a quarterback? What more could you want from any player at any position on the field? If we get half of that from Jason Verrett, we got a top 10 corner. If we get half of that from Jimmy Ward, we have a top 10 safety. Now add that to the mix. Tyshawn Gibson, already a top five, according to PFF. Talanoa Hufunga is already a top five, according to PFF. And those guys weren't even the starters. Hufunga was, but Gibson wasn't. Imagine what it could be. Imagine what it could look like. I'm freaking excited. I love it. I love it for the team. I love it for the faithful. I love it for the haters. Keep hating. We're, we're here. We're going to be all right. We are going to be all right. Jaguayo has two more Super Chats here. Let me get to them. He says, uh, MB Niners and Mike, you and family, stay blessed. Thank you so much for the well wishes. I hope we stay blessed. I hope we stay good. I hope we stay positive. And hopefully we can continue to encourage everybody out there. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal. All right. And he's got one more here. He says, we just have to feel lucky we have Jimmy G. No suds. Listen, I said it from the moment we drafted Trey Lance. My ideal situation was to start this guy when he's ready, restructure Jimmy for a backup, and that's where we are. It's literally where we are. There's nothing else I can say. This team is literally in the best position possible. It might not be falling the way we want. The dominoes might not be falling in order, but it's the same dominoes. We got them all. We secured them. All we can do is stack them and hope they fall the right way. And that's how I'm going to leave you guys tonight. I want to thank you all for your patience. I want to thank you all for your support throughout the entire show. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you guys head on over to the Patreon page. All right. Head on over to NB9 ERS on Patreon. All right. It's patreon.com slash NB9 ERS. You guys have a ton of con uh, bonus content heading to you guys. We're probably going to be doing, well, I'm not going to give you guys a number. I don't want to disappoint anybody, but there are a lot of shows coming. Tomorrow night, we have a special guest on. He's, his name is Benjamin Albright. I'm going to give him a round of applause before we even get to that segment. All right. Because Benjamin Albright is that dude. If you don't know who he is, get familiar with him now. Benjamin Albright is that guy. All right. For all the haters out there saying that it's Trey versus Jimmy or Jimmy versus Trey, we have to cut that shit out. I am booing you. Right? We are one team. We are one team. We have to unite. Do not let the national media put a wedge between us. 
That is their job. Their job is to generate clicks, generate inter interactions, generate impressions. Don't give it to them. All right? You see negativity? Ignore that shit. Don't retweet it. Don't comment. Don't reply. Don't quote tweet. Let that shit go, guys. We are doing this because we are the most easily provoked fan base in the entire NFL. Don't give it to them, all right? 49ers went out there last week. We scored touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Falcon, we got red smoke, all that shit, man. Niners are doing it. I hope you guys be patient. hope you guys enjoy coming. I think there's still a lot of good left in the season. And I think we get traded right. Thank you guys very much. That's going to do it for us here tonight. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. We're going to get out of here. All right. Let me make sure this in the super chat. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up. No fakes, we spinning, we winning, we high stakes, we never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us, we them nothing but niners. 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 We nothing.